Today's date is April 29th, 2018. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hit the Books Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Holcomb. Now, memory Saunders. And here we have special guest Seth Grover with us once again. Hello, I'm you, back. If you've been watching and listening, you may remember him from episode uh, 30, and we really enjoyed his company, and we're glad to oh. have him on the show once again. I was happy to be here, um, and I'm glad to be back. Thank you. And you may also recognize him from the very end of our uh, uh, Avengers Infinity War review, yes. uh, which yeah. should be out before this podcast. So mm. should. If it's not out, look out for it, because it's coming soon. Oh, yeah. Uh, It'll be fun. It is fun. It's a lot to edit (laughs) in one week. Mm -hmm. Um, For those of you unfamiliar with the show, this is your weekly comic book podcast show where Emery and I, and perhaps a guest, hello, (laughs) go through the latest news, the new comic book releases for your local comic book shops. Please support your local comic book shops. And discuss some topics about the world of comics for your amusement. If that sounds like a good time, be sure to hit like and subscribe on our YouTube channel and hit that little bell for notifications and rate well elsewhere. It really does help us out and it goes a long way. You can always find us on YouTube, on Stitcher, and on iTunes and be sure to check out our website www.htbvids.com That's htbvids.com where you can find links to all of these things right on the homepage for your convenience as well as plenty of other content and lists. So, Without further ado, what has everybody been reading? Actually got myself caught up on Infidel. Should we we save this? We should save this. We should probably Mm. save that. What else have you read? Um, Honestly, that's it. Still kind of coming down from Avengers Infinity War hype. It's been a busy week. Yeah, definitely been busy. In addition to being broke. (laughs) 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 We've also... Uh, used what little scraps we could bring together for seeing this movie. So. Uh, yes. In your case, twice. So. <laughs> How did this happen, Emery? Why did you watch it twice? Uh, he, had well, the, he had to take the kid to see it. Oh, yeah. okay. For us too late. Yeah. Uh, the kid, kid wants to see it. The, they get to see it. Okay. That's fair. Infidel. Uh, you've read some comics, haven't you? Yeah. Uh, so when I was last on, I was talking about how I haven't been in comics for a while, and we talked about it some, and I found two series, and I've been reading. They are short at the moment, so I'm actually caught up all the way. I also was reading Infidel, which uh, from the art on the cover we covered last time I was here, it yep. looked really cool. Number two. And number two. Uh, I read through one and two, which are the only ones that are currently out, um, and got caught up there. And I believe we'll be talking about that later. So, so what I'll are the, what are the other ones you read there? Uh, the other series I picked up was uh, Cave Carson. Yes, has an interstellar <laughs> eye. Did you like it as much I as we did? I liked it a lot. Yeah, it's oh really great. God. I'm very excited. <laughs> I also picked up. Uh, I had, and I started with Interstellar Eye, but the previous series, there's Galactic like, Eye. Yeah, yeah. Galactic. Uh, Cybernetic guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Uh, That's the one. But I started with, uh, just so I'd be ready and have something to talk about. Sure. uh, I started with uh, Interstellar Eye, and I'm very excited for where it's going, very excited with how it's been. Yep. Uh, Yeah, I found out from the previous ones that uh, uh, Gerard Way, or I'm bad with names. Yeah, uh, Gerard Way. The the dude from uh, MCR, yeah. Yeah. uh, My Chemical Romance there. Was working on the previous series with uh, this. Oh, really? Yeah, he was working on the the previous Cave Carson series. I didn't know that. I knew he worked on the Young Animals stuff, but I didn't didn't know he worked in Cave Uh, Carson specifically. Yep. That's cool. And I liked uh, Umbrella Academy a lot back when that was, I think that was his first comic stuff. Yeah. So I actually was pretty happy with that. So I'm excited. I'm excited. It's good. Yeah, I've been a big fan of like what Gerard Way's done. Usually when like people cross over yeah. and they do like written comics from whatever other medium they're famous for, it usually doesn't work out very well. 
Um, yeah. Usually it's very eccentric and not very coherent. So and I think uh, I, I have a as story much as about I love this. Kevin Smith. I don't think Kevin Smith uh, does comics very well sometimes. Uh, I have a story, story about this. Yeah, Seth. Uh, you have actually a very interesting story about yeah. this. So <laughs> when I was in high school and in my youth, my favorite band was actually Coheed and Cambria. Okay. Uh, and I don't know if this is well known, but so Coheed and Cambria is a strange sort of like progressive rock, but also sort of yeah. emo-y band. It's like emo. Yeah. Like uh, Dream Theater. Yeah. <laughs> like thrown together in yeah. some weird way. Um, but so the writer, the main, the, the lead singer and like, director of the band the main person in the band actually wants to be a comic book writer and Coheed and Cambria the every album is part of you've heard of concept albums before sure, right sure yeah. every album is part of a concept story okay yes that's that he wanted to be a comic is that book. why there's like sweet apollo yes blah, blah, blah. exactly yeah. that's why it's like one two three well sure. two it starts with two three four. now i've seen there's a comic that's the same name as right Good Apollo and Burning Star 4 does, was the first one that got he, published. Does he participate? Yeah, he, oh, okay. he wrote it. Well, uh, that makes a whole lot more sense now. Right. Because every time I see the title, I'm like, that's a terrible, stupid name. And you know, it's like that that fucking record from Coheed and right. Cambria. It's like, yes. oh, no, wait. It's just that it record from that record. Coheed and Cambria. <laughs> okay, like, I didn't realize shit. I didn't realize that they were literally the same. Yes, it is everything that he wanted to write the comic first. Really? <laughs> uh, yeah, he just couldn't get it published or something like that yeah uh well yeah <laughs> he's got money now why not yeah so yeah. he's getting it published now that's um, cool and it's is it any good uh-oh <sighs> oh no well Seth. so oh no good apollo and burning star 4 was the first graphic novel they made okay uh, this was back when they were kind of big yeah um well, that was but that's a really bad album, right hmm? that was probably their biggest album uh, right? yeah third uh th- th- in keeping secrets of silender three so was the also one that had that guitar hero song which right. one yeah that one was uh on in keeping secrets of silent three there was their like single that actually got uh video play on like mtv and that was uh favorite house atlantic um but yeah that was the one that was probably the biggest yeah was keeping uh was good apollo and burning star four the full title from Fears to the Eyes of Madness. That's the full title of the album and the full title of the graphic novel. Uh, unfortunately, a it's, a, it's a really bad place to start because that <laughs> portion of the story, we are covering the author of the story going through a mental break. The story that the rest of the story, the CDs and such are about, yeah. going through like a mental breakdown because his girlfriend left him. All while a demonic bicycle is trying to get him to become evil and destroy the universe he's created. We've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> my last breakup, my bicycle. Uh, speak for yourself, sir. <laughs> I, I might have been through a kind of breakup where I wanted to destroy the universe, but never. But you did. there. One, no, I did not. Two, there was never any demon bicycle involved. Wow. <laughs> that demon bicycle's name is Ten Speed. It's a good name. Which is a song, right? Yes, Ten Speed of God's <laughs> Blood <laughs> and Burial. <laughs> so it's a really bad place to start because it's a meta story inside of the story, but we don't have the frame that this meta story uh, is referring to. Mm-hmm. We don't know the story that the, the writer is writing about. Right. You, that's all you, in all the previous albums. You need okay. the story before you go into the meta story right. because without that, it's just nonsense without context. Well, you know what? I, what I wanted to see a comic book from 
like, as far as the music world, Linkin Park. Because they did a lot of animation and a lot of like drawing and concept art. That would be good. And I, I always wanted to see their kind of take on like a story, like artistically. I thought it would be interesting. And I think fun. they do a good cyberpunk like, yeah. setting like, or story. I, I really want there to be a comic book version of uh, In the End, hmm. <laughs> so that uh, we can have something that isn't the uh, well screensaver. Well, if you remember, <laughs> yeah. if you remember. Um, Somewhere I Belong, I think, is the one where they it was all animated, and I think Chester did everything, which kind of sucks because you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh. R.I.P. I guess, but um, yeah, I really wanted to see something like that from them. I don't hmm. know about Coheed. I didn't. Well, if stuff, if I'm you're like, interested, oh, okay. the entire story is called the Amory Wars. A M O R Y. Wars. We got a title for our titles. Title. Yes. <laughs> uh, and that was the series they made after the In Keeping Secrets of Sorry. After the Good Apollo, I'm Burning Star 4 graphic novel, uh-huh. which honestly has really good art, the old graphic novel. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Um, it's but, pretty cool. Yeah. Amory Wars, it still exists. I have not read any of it because I never got back into it. But Anything else you've been reading? Um, Other than those, no. Okay. Uh, those, yeah. I only got to one comic this week, and it's because uh, I have a kind friend who bo- I borrowed it from. uh but i read uh mara queen of atlantis issue three which just came out um again this is another kind of side story that's building off of the dan abnett story that's currently going on that features the art from stepan sajic and ricardo federici which i love and uh if you haven't heard my take on it i've talked about it for like four or five (laughs) weeks in a row because I love the art and I love the story we more, way more than I thought I would. Yeah, we um, cannot uh, stress enough how well done Aquaman, and in this case, uh, Mera, Queen of Atlantis, uh, was all because of one, Stefan Sajic's art, but also the... Was Dan Abnett the one who's been working on the story throughout? I think... Up, I, I don't know where specifically he came on, because... Like from the post-convergence Aquaman world, I was like kind of lukewarm on everything up to about issue twenty. Yeah, and I don't know if that's entirely because the art was kind of wonky, or uh, if Dan was working on that part as well. I I think he started at the same time as Stepan Sajic. That's what I want to I want to say, want to guess, but I'm not sure, so I can't can't really elaborate on that. But I know from like issue twenty on, it was it's been phenomenal. Except I think issue thirty four, which is the one I had the grievance of, because they just <laughs> they switched artists and it was really jarring and not very good. Yeah. Um. Not because of the writing, but because of the the the, the artist <laughs> completely changing the tone of the book, um, for one issue, and then they brought back Federici for the next one, and I think Federici is doing the internal art for Mara too, so it's it's very consistent with the Dan Abnett storyline. Yeah. But yeah, it's really enjoyable, really fun. Um, new takes on Mara, new takes on Orm uh, in the Mara book, which is kind of cool. Uh, Orm kind of has his own little side story going on that isn't just generic, I hate my brother because he wants to take my throne, but, you know, <laughs> I am of royal blood. Quit messing with my throne. Relatable. Oh, yeah. I am Orm Marius. Nice pun there. And I've been here this whole time. How dare you give it to that blonde fuck (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah really enjoying the story i'm really liking the direction that it's pointing aquaman into going uh and mara as well i guess to an extent um so if you have any interest in aquaman like 
good versions of Aquaman, I definitely say pick up the Dan Abnett storylines here. Um, and then go back to New 52 because all the New 52 Aquaman stuff is great. So I, have a, I do have a question. Uh, does I don't, I don't follow Aquaman very much, but does Aquaman have like an Atlantean name? I don't think so. Okay. Basically, in the current incarnation of Aquaman, um, he grew up with his dad his whole life. His dad basically worked as a lighthouse keeper mm-hmm. on this place that you assume is somewhere around New England. Um, and he saved some people. He went out to save some people that had shipwrecked during a storm. Uh, saved some people. Um, I, d- I don't remember the details because I haven't read it since like 2011, the new origin story. Mm. But basically, he saved some people. And f- somehow, I don't know. I don't remember if she saves him or he saves her. But somehow they get into contact because of that event. She, the mother of Aquaman, who, ah. who is the previous queen of Atlantis, uh, is there, and she's only there because of some like civil war stuff that's going on with the people of uh, Mara's mm-hmm. uh, tribe, I guess, and um, the people of Atlantis, and like fights between you know the royal bloodlines, and the, there's a lot of like court intrigue that goes on right. with the the Atlantean houses and stuff so for whatever reason she was displaced and run out of town and she you know was kind of hiding among the shore among the surface world to try to do her thing and they get into contact they fall in love they have the child together but because of what's going on in Mm -hmm. atlantis she has to leave and that eventually leads to what you assume is her death or capture or whatever whatever happens um to be to be honest it changes based on the writer you know (laughs) what happens because like i i know one like towards when Aquaman was getting kind of silly again um they uh had some story where she was like alive but part of this like horrible sect or something but mm. then she wasn't really alive in the end it was just like some weird like personification of her so, you know just convoluted nonsense you know um but Arthur Curry because he's half Atlantean and half of the surface world he has unique abilities that the other Atlanteans don't have hmm. and then because he is part of that direct descent of the royal bloodline right he has some magical like abilities as well that allows him to use like the trident of Atlantis right. and mm-hmm. any other tools he may be given or wear or whatever else. Um, that includes like his increased like psionic abilities where okay. he's, he's able to direct like feeble minds and like <laughs> feel, feel their emotions. Basically mm-hmm. he can't talk to them like the humorous. Right. Thing, yeah. Is that limited to sea life? Sea life? Yeah. No, no, okay. it's not. So he I thought that they established that especially in this dan abnett part because there's some stuff where he communicates with an alien life form oh really. nice yeah it's pretty cool so his, his yeah. psionic is it aquatic <laughs> <laughs> yes oh <laughs> but but it's on a different planet so you okay. assume it's a different evolution but he's also had interactions with characters like martian manhunter and right stuff, where yeah. they could detect that he had psionic abilities and stuff you know um but yeah it's really enjoyable i really like this version of aquaman um, his origin story in this universe is very palatable. So he is human at his core. And mm-hmm. if you read the new 52 run, especially like throne of Atlantis, which I really encourage any- anybody to do, um, it establishes that the only reason he's in Atlantis in the first place and taking the throne is because if he hadn't, the whole surface war would have been at war with uh, Atlantis because his brother Orm, right? Because of people dropping death charges and polluting <laughs> like their home world, basically, mm-hmm. 
on the surface you know he got sick of it and declared war on the surface world and basically had a mass killing event where he just wiped out new york city boston and oh, all, wow. like using their weapons and their uh, their technology and obviously his magic trident that he right. gets from his heritage and stuff you know right. uh, and that gets uh, a really really master <laughs> <laughs> the thing about the the atlantean people is uh, one of the things that they all pretty much have, because, you know, they live under the sea, da, 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 <laughs> da, uh, is they are all, like, incredibly dense because of their, like, ocean upbringing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like and so they're robust. Yeah, not they're, like, they're robust. Yeah. They're basically okay. bulletproof. Um, Which Aquaman obviously inherits. Right. Uh, along yeah. with other things. They can breathe under the ocean because of the, the ancient curse from the kind of mm, pseudo-Greek yeah. gods era. <laughs> yeah. Um, when the island of Atlantis sunk into the sea, and the, 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 the my lost favorite city of Atlanta, my favorite part of the Dan Abnett storylines is he's actually giving a voice to like sects of the Atlanteans that have evolved in different oh. forms or huh. got cursed in different ways. Like there's Atlanteans that are are human at their base, but they look disfigured. Like they have like maybe they have fins, or right. maybe maybe they look like you know. Uh, you know, some kind of sea creature or something, or maybe they're just horribly disfigured. There a disfigured. crab person? There is a crab yes. person. Yes. Fucking <laughs> uh, Pirates of the Caribbean curse. Yeah, <laughs> but there's all sorts of like every kind of sort of person, and just mm-hmm. you know, some have more, some have less, some have abilities, some just have kind of shitty, oh no, <laughs> horrible things that they deal with, and they have, and because they're not like the pure looking human ones, right. they're like kind of shoved into a corner in like a terrible district that's in like a like a thermal vent and stuff you know where they're all like kind of forced to live you know in squalor and like slums and stuff you know so the atlantean deplorables yeah it kind of gave like a a cool voice to their their side of things in atlantis and you you feel like in dan abnett's books that atlantis instead of being this kind of like bullshit you know pseudoscience thing that doesn't really matter and is kind of sustained with magic but kind of not and everybody's a perfect super powered human being (laughs) instead of it being that it's a real dynamic culture that has you know since sinking into the ocean had different kind of established cultures and subcultures and groups and some have defected and some have spread out from atlantis to their own colonies somewhere in the ocean you know hmm. that's that sort of thing uh, including mara's people and not everybody got to you know stay kind of human looking right you know? yeah, yeah. Huh. Um, so adding, it's re- adding layers to that entire yeah. there's like a racial yeah. superiority thing that you have to go Yay. with in addition to like the whole like um uh you know royalty right you know, uh kind of uh government control and bloodline you know superiority <laughs> complexes and stuff you know so it's all there and it's kind of a fun commentary from a place you wouldn't expect it's, huh. it's pretty good it's pretty yeah good. um so that brings us to our latest segment did the content match the drapes and this week emory and seth have read the book from a previous week on episode 30 we gave our variant to infidel number two the cover being by David Mack. And this book is written by a very unfortunate name, Pornsac Pichote, um, and illustrated by Jose Villarubia and Aaron Campbell. Uh, so, guys, did the content match the drapes? I'm going to say yes. I uh, would agree, yeah. There is something primal, and there is something just purely horror themed in so, this title. So what is the basic 
you know, story. Well, so... Without too many spoilers. Yeah, with only two uh, issues out so far, it's we don't know really any spoilers, but okay. uh, there is a family that is living in this apartment complex, and it looks like there was a mass murderer who lived there before, not necessarily their apartment, but in their building, and there were a lot of dead people there, mm-hmm. and that might be the cause of this haunting that's going on. Interesting. Uh, but the interesting thing so far is really the only person experiencing it to any major degree is our main character. Okay. Um, which can, in uh, a certain point of view, look as though she is suffering from possibly a mental problem. Right. Of, of some she sort. is taking medication already, and her doctor <clears throat> seems to think that it could possibly be related. Yeah. But it so, definitely seems. Where like is not. the story located? New York. Have they, it, it's a, a large city in the U.S. Yeah, okay. it, it's yeah. assumed that it's New York, but uh, it could literally be any large city that has, you know, urban, like apartment building living in. Well, there. being in New York, you know who she could call? The Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Uh, I don't think that's in this. <laughs> <universe. laughs> oh, that's yeah. a shame. Sorry. Got to go to IDW for that one. Oh no! Yeah, image doesn't have it. <laughs> But, uh, Maybe yeah. she could call Spawn. Oh, damn. <laughs> a little a bit of overkill here. That's cool. Spawn, please help. I will destroy your entire building. <laughs> Spawn, there's these ghosts. They're just being spooky and scary. Well, so uh, you, could you do something? I <laughs> will eradicate everything. I'm going to use my guns before I use my hell powers. <laughs> <laughs> they seem to, these ghosts, do yeah. seem to be interacting with her a lot. Uh, but not much with other people, though there have been some indications other people are maybe getting some glimpses of these. Like and they're really little nudges here and there. Really sure. spooky-looking ghosts. That's cool. Um, I'm a sucker for ghost stories, so yeah. I'm going to pick this up. Oh, I, yeah. I'm very interested in figuring out what's actually going on, which is a right. good sign. Um, if there's actually a haunting, if why they're targeting crazy. this person. Yeah. yeah if um, she's actually crazy. Yeah. My current theories are that maybe the ghosts focus on people who have animosity towards them. Right. Um, one thing is our main character is a uh, Muslim woman in New York, and she has faced a lot of ridicule, for not ridicule specifically, but like prejudice and stuff because of that. Sure. Um, like some of her neighbors in the apartment don't trust her and like, well, shut the door real fast. Yeah. Um, right. The, so it's, a kind lot of, of, it's kind uh, of alluded that maybe some of these ghosts have some of those uh, maybe feelings towards her it could from be their past or something i'm not sure about that i think that maybe since other people might be focusing animosity towards her ghosts being strange fickle things just follow the lines of animosity maybe okay yeah um that's pretty interesting yeah, yeah. or uh if there's just something wrong with her in the head these just yeah. could be manifestations of stress building up from all of this uh what is alluded to probably repressed episodes of yeah. uh, racism or bigotry that she's had to put up with. Sure. Uh, and yeah. Another really interesting thing that led me on this line is every time the ghosts are present, you know, there's ghosts speak and they're always saying these like yeah. really insulting words, but like targeted insulting words towards her. Like, uh, yeah. It's like slut or whore or something so like that. So it's kind of like a banshee situation type of thing, right? Yeah. Poltergeist. Kind of, yeah. Uh, maybe, yeah. Closer yeah. probably to, yeah. Okay. Where they're they're speaking and... So it's not quite the sixth sense targeted. where she's scared of them, but they're not right. bad in the first place. No, they, the, these they ones are, are actually antagonistic. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So... 
Thumbs up from both of you, I'm guessing? Yeah. Yes. All right, thumbs up. The content didn't match the drapes for uh, Infidel number two. Uh, remember, if you want to read that, it's by Ponsac uh, Pichote and illustrated by Jose Villarubia and Aaron Campbell. And obviously, David Mack did that wonderful uh, cover for number two. Definitely pick it up. It's from Image there. Oh, uh, yeah. It's a very spooky read. So, uh, let's get into the news. First up, big reminder for you, Free Comic Book Day, which happens Woo. every year for those unfamiliar, is Saturday, May 5th, coming up this following uh, Saturday after the podcast premieres. So be sure to go out to your local comic book shops and get some free comics. Yeah. Basically, what they do is they send out uh, uh, free versions of certain stories and comics and stuff to everybody from every company. And it's just an incentive to get people in the shop and have the experience and maybe get their kids some fun stuff. There's stuff for everybody. There's adult stuff. There's kids stuff that's always released every year. And it's just a fun experience. Some shops will like have people dress up and stuff, you know, uh, like Laughing Ogre here in Columbus, mm. Ohio, yeah. um, led by uh, uh, one a uh, really great shop owner and caretaker. Uh, you got World's Greatest Comics here in Columbus, Ohio, which always has really good like discounts and stuff if you want to get some uh, cheaper comics in addition to your free comics. Uh, shout out to Packrat Comics, which is more uh, in southeastern Columbus and stuff. They do a great job, but uh, a little far for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there's always a great experience to be had. And if you want to get some good discounts, this is one of the the few times a year where you can really get some solid discounts at uh, your local comic book shops. So be sure to go out there and support them if you can. It's a lot of good fun, especially if you have kids or something. Mm. So yeah, It's also uh, a really good way to, if you're in the market for trying to get back into comics, a lot of the, the free comics that they have there are you know, number ones or, you know, mm, little uh, yeah. small stories to kind of get you interested. Yeah. Um, some of them are even like a kind of, uh, uh, what's the word I want? Abridged? Abridged. Thank you. Yeah. It's like an abridged form of what's happened up to this point. You That's know, useful. Which is always useful. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and usually the reason why I pick some up. I oh, remember yeah. one year uh, <laughs> in the middle of like New 52 when they were about to do their big Futures End event, event with like uh, Batman Beyond and all that stuff, which is really fun, really good. Oh, yeah. Um, they released a number zero for the free comic book week and the number zero basically told you everything you needed to know to get into the story that was nice. about to be released uh, the week later. And it was really awesome. It was really, it was a really good start. And it's actually a collectible comic, even though it was free because <laughs> nice. cool. it was the, the start of a huge story arc, which is really cool. And for weeks and weeks afterward, you could find it and just be like, Hey, you got that number zero and like, yeah, here you go. <laughs> so really cool, really fun. I love that comic uh, companies and shops and, publishers like diamond do this sort of thing it's i think it's really important to introducing new people and bringing people into the stores which is great for building relationships and connections there our next piece of news uh the upcoming spider-man video game has uh announced the, uh, the iron spider suit will be a pre-order incentive for the game the game is set to premiere in september for those of you who want to know so if you want the Iron Spider suit from Infinity War, be sure to pre-order the Spider-Man game for PS4, mm. uh, which looks really good. Um, we'll see how it turns out, but I, I like how it looks. Yeah, I, I would be more inclined to pre-order that game if the Iron Spider suit had some special capabilities. That's just bullshit. <laughs> That's just a yeah, cheat code. <laughs> you want them to give you a cheat code is what you want. Uh, it's not a cheat code. Like I just want like an extra animation for the legs. That's it. Well, maybe they'll do that. I don't know. Maybe. 
That, that, that's what I want. That's the only... Re- <laughs> Maybe they'll give you a lottery system where you can have the CPU farm oh God. boxes for you and you can do that over hours and hours to get the suit. Oh my God! Are you talking <laughs> Someone about? Someone is still salty I'm about Injustice salty. Two. Super mm. salty. Still salty. <laughs> uh, next up in the news, Hugh Jackman, re- huge jacked man. Oh uh, man, uh, has recently sent out a happy birthday video to an unspecified individual. The only reason why this is news is because in the background, Ryan Reynolds in full Deadpool <laughs> costume ah. makes an appearance in his bedroom, at, laying in his bed singing. Uh, Annie show tunes, and then uh, who let the dogs out? You, you know, I want to believe that uh, Ryan Reynolds just wears that and only that anymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's just true. That would be amazing. <laughs> He's going to star in another movie, just be wearing the Deadpool costume. Yeah. Like, this isn't even a comic book. I don't care. Like, a fifth wall at that point, you know? <laughs> fifth wall. What is the fifth wall? Movie-ception. Uh, but, yeah, I thought that was really cool. It's probably just an excuse to give promotion for oh, the certainly. Deadpool movie. Oh, yeah. But if it's alluding to, like, a, even a short appearance from Huge Jacked Man in yes. the Deadpool movie, that would be amazing. While I would love that, I want no, a Deadpool Wolverine movie so bad. I want it too. But I want it so there bad. There is no fucking way. He he's done. Huge you jacked man. He might have a bar scene. Yeah, mm. <laughs> he's he's probably done with X Men movies. But hanging out with Ryan Reynolds and just like shooting, the <laughs> like shit. just have him in the yeah. back of the bar smoking a cigar. I can see him with doing his that. hair done up. It, what? Sure. His I, costume. Like, yeah, it's just some it, hair gel. Doesn't even have to have the claws or anything. Yeah. Just, all you got to do is come in for like an hour, get some makeup put on you, wear a white beater, and just say a line or two and Can leave. huge jacked man be the next Stan Lee and just show up in every yes, Marvel movie? he absolutely can and <laughs> He should. specifically has to be drinking? <laughs> yes, <laughs> no drinking with situation. a cigar yeah. every time. Every single movie. Even if he's a bus driver. <laughs> While I would love that, Hugh Jackman, I love you to Who? death. Please come back. Huge jacked man. Oh, thank you. Okay. Huge jacked man has gone on record to say he will never be that character again. This isn't Wolverine or Yeah, or but we Logan. always hear that sort of this thing is, from uh, actors. This is just, it's him. <laughs> yeah. It's just Hugh Jackman. It, it, oh, it's just Hugh Jackman. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like Stan Lee isn't being Stan Lee in all of his appearances. He's being different random people. We just know it's Stan Lee. <laughs> He can, okay. he can put on a, like a top okay. hat and do some show tunes if he wants yeah. to. Whatever. Whatever gets him in. Oh, God. I we- just imagine Wolverine being a Broadway dancer. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I want it, but no. I, I would watch that. Oh. Actually, <laughs> was, was Hugh Jackman in uh, Les Miserables? Yes. Yes, he was. He was. There you go. Jean Valjean. I, I get. I'm bad with actors. Le yeah. He, I'm, no, he's done some. He did a Woody Allen movie once, which I think was like way out of type for him. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, next up on the news, he was also in The Prestige. That's right. Huh. Yeah. Well, that wasn't a musical. Though. <laughs> it was just performance based. Uh, it, he he almost made it a musical. I need to watch <laughs> that movie. It's pretty good. Pretty oh, good. Yeah. Um. Next up in the news, it's just kind of a fun little note. Um, this one comes from Newsarama. Uh, Kevin Feige did some interviews, and they asked him about any kind of re- regrets he might have from uh, all the previous Marvel movies up to Infinity mm. War and doing kind of a retrospective look at everything. And he said he could only think of really one big regret that he has, and it's that in the original Thor movie, 
He had Hemsworth dye his eyebrows and his facial mm. hair bright blonde like his hair. That is a very specific thing to regret. <laughs> and I went back and looked at some images of Thor, Thor the Dark World, Thor Ragnarok, and then obviously his appearances in Avengers movies. Indeed, the original Thor is the only one where he has huh. his like bleach blonde eyebrows and facial hair, and it just, it's kind of creepy looking to look at. Yeah, it. I, the thing with blonde facial hair of any kind is that it blends into his face. It's true, and like especially the eyebrows, it looked like he almost didn't have any, which. Always looks weird. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it wasn't like too jarring. Like I didn't even remember it, you know. But now having the perspective of seeing him with dark eyebrows and dark facial hair, like he naturally has, mm -hmm. I go back and I look at that, and it looks like he just dunked his whole head into a tub <laughs> of bleach, and it just looks weird, you know. And he's super pale, and just <laughs> yeah. Not that he's already a pale white dude, mm. but he's ultra pale in this book. He looks almost <laughs> albino. I was like, wow. It's like, ah, oh, guys, maybe a little too far with the blonde. <laughs> but I thought that was a fun little note from Kevin Feige there. Um, but he seems pretty satisfied and probably justifiably so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next up, uh, final piece of news. No delays this week. Ooh, two weeks in a row. Oh, man. Maybe uh, the comic book world is actually listening to us <laughs> and <laughs> just trying not to, you know, delay things as much as possible. Yeah. It's because of you. <laughs> because uh, of us. <laughs> Smallville actress Allison Mack has been indicted on charges of human trafficking. Oh, no. If you want to know no more details, you can always Google it and stuff, but I'll give you the basic rundown. Apparently, there's this kind of guy up in upstate New York that has this kind of pseudo-cult thing going on, um, and basically, he has a kind of pyramid scheme to get oh, people into his little program, and basically, uh, Allison Mack is uh, alleged with having been a not only financial supporter of this group, but also a person who goes out and recruits women to basically join this group and then once they've paid their dues and gotten in they find out that it's basically a fork forced sex and labor kind of situation where to be part of the group which you really can't get out of um you have to do sexual favors for the, the guy and whoever he basically prostitutes you out to and then do forced labor in the household and their little compound and stuff you know so Really gross, really terrible news, Jeez, yeah. and it, it it sucks that it comes from Chloe. Yeah. How dare you, Chloe? You were supposed to be the sweet, innocent one. What yeah. the fuck, Chloe? This just reminds me of uh, a line from uh, Batman the Animated Series, uh, specifically an episode dealing with uh, turning Harvey Dent into Two-Face. Uh, sometimes... The brighter the image, the darker the negative. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. of, of all the people, it's Chloe from a show about young Superman. What? Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> sad to hear. So oh. I'm a little bummed, uh, assuming every all the allegations are true, and it certainly looks like it is. Um, again, court of public mm -hmm. uh, opinion, but, you know, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, she was released recently on a five million dollar bail, Oof. so which I'm guessing the kind of founder of the group paid for. But yeah, it's 
it's pretty rough and it, it bums me out because i was hoping to at least see like her return to the spotlight in some kind of way because of all the characters on smallville i think she was probably the best actor or yeah. actress i should say of the group uh, I think everybody else, as much as I enjoyed their characters, I don't think they were particularly great actors or actresses. Uh, the guy who played Luther is pretty good, but yeah, and, and his dad. Um, but I, even like uh, Tom Welling, like I never really bought his performance, but I I enjoyed his character, so I didn't care, you know. Mm, right, uh, is that type of thing going on for me? I don't know if you guys agree, but that's yeah. uh, a fun fact. Uh, the guy who <coughs> played Lex Luthor on that show. Uh, also did a voice for the Flash, I think, for the uh, the '90s uh, Justice League cartoon. Oh, that's oh, pretty hey. cool. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoy him. I know he's like uh, he's known on the internet world because he goes on places like Kind of Funny and stuff, and does he's friends with those guys and stuff. So yeah, you know, I really he, like him uh, both outside and on the show. But yeah, he's a podcaster there, there was, now. There was oh. some there was some <laughs> poor po- performances in that show, as you would expect I from an early watched it. an early CW show. You yeah. never watched it? No. Oh, that's such a loss. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. It was like a generational okay. thing, I think, for our, yeah, our age group. Yeah, it was like early 2000s. Yeah. yeah. No, I remember when it was coming out. I just didn't have much interest in it. It was, I, I liked it I could it never get into Superman. Yeah. It wasn't really about Superman, though. Right, well, you, that's it was about, like, his teenage it, friends right. and it, the it, shenanigans that would ensue. I never really got into Archie. <laughs> <laughs> all right i'll give that it that is give a you that. fair point i'll give you that <laughs> to be fair the last like two or three seasons get really dumb and really horrible and i would never watch those seasons again okay yeah the, um, it gets very it gets very long in the tooth. yeah uh and not in a it, good way yeah no. like the whole like first several seasons again i'm if you haven't seen this by now, you're probably not going to see it, so I'm going to spoil it for you. Whoa. No, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's still enjoyable to watch, but like his girlfriend for the whole first half of the series, which you clearly know is not going to work out for right. some, because mm. he's got to hook up with yeah. Lois. Uh, Lois eventually, who does show up eventually. Of course. Um, but his girlfriend, Lana, who whose performances I always hate. She was, <laughs> she was the most awkward actress on the entire show. I could not... <laughs> I cannot stand watching her sometimes, but um, yeah, I'm pretty sure her career did not get better after that. <laughs> she ends up like going off with Luther, and Luther as like a revenge thing starts fucking her on the side, and then they break up with Clark, and she ends up marrying Lex Luther, his arch nemesis, you know, in this kind of context, and they got a lot of hate back and forth, you know, for different reasons. Hmm. It's, it's very convoluted and dumb. And <laughs> just yeah, those last doesn't those, sound those last few best. seasons were awful. They were just awful. Hmm. Um, but Chloe was pretty good all the way throughout. <laughs> yeah, Chloe was the one bright <sighs> yeah, shining yeah, star yeah. throughout, and it really sucks that that it, this looks yeah. like I it'll mean, be the end of any kind of career she may have had past this point. But oh yeah, yeah, she. I'm pretty sure no one's hiring her after this. Yeah, and that, my friends, is the news. What? What's that? What? I'm getting a call. Oh. It's from the local comic book shop. Oh. Hello. Yeah. Uh, they're they're having a question for us. Uh, their question being, what books are we hitting up this week? Well, I'm Dana. right. I thought you'd never ask. I actually heard something coming out of your headphone thing. That wasn't an act. <laughs> uh, just yeah, note, that was real. Just note that in addition to all of these things, there's plenty of free comics out there. And some of these that I'm reading are probably free comics. So probably. Now is the perfect time Be to, sure to check out a local comic store. Uh, first up, from Marvel Comics, we have Astonishing X-Men, number 11. We have Avengers, number one. Probably a free comic, I'm guessing. Probably. Mm-hmm. Um, if you hear number one or number zero, it's probably a free comic this week. Um, next up, 
We have Captain America number 701. We have we have Infinity Countdown number 3. We have Rise of the Black Panthers plural. Hmm. We have Rogue and Gambit number 5. Huh. Uh, hooray! Also, um, I'm worried. Hot <laughs> makeout sesh. Oh yeah, oh, because yeah. that you know how they do. <laughs> no, I don't actually. Oh, uh, it, then you're gonna find out. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> we have a f- pretty cool cover here. Uh, Shield by Hickman and Weaver. Rebirth huh. number one. Ooh. Looks pretty interesting. We have Spider Man number two forty. We have Star Wars number forty seven. Mm. We have Star Wars. Tag and Bink were here, number one. <laughs> Why? Okay. Notice it doesn't say Binks. It says Bink. Why? Bink's not Jar Jar. And that is a very jarring cover. <laughs> a a jar jarring cover? cover. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you for this. Oh, uh, damn it. Ooh. Uh, I knew there was a reason I didn't want you on. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking puns. <laughs> you um, fool. Next up, we have Venomize, number five. I, I feel like there's a... 600 Venom comics every week now. Um, Because we can't get enough. (laughs) Which has a very cool kind of McFarlane-esque Sandoval uh, variant cover there. We have uh, Weapon X, number 17. I actually do really like that cover with uh, Hulk Hulk Hogan. Sabretooth. We have X-Men Gold, number 27. We have You Are Deadpool, number one, <laughs> probably free. Okay. Uh, and that wraps up Marvel Comics. From DC Comics, we have Action Comics Special, number one, probably free. We have Batman, number 46, with uh, some interesting Batman Catwoman covers. We have Bombshells United, number 17. We have Curse of the Brimstone, number two, hmm. which was a really surprisingly good book and the first issue, in my opinion. Um, I think Emery liked it too, right? I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's part of the New Age of DC Heroes expansion, so that's cool. Cool to see. Uh, next up, we have Cyborg number twenty-two. We have DC Nation number zero. Again, guessing it's uh, freebie for Free Comic Book Week. We have DC Superhero Girls number one <laughs> for the kids. We have Deathstroke number thirty-one. We have Exit Stage Left. The Snagglepuss Chronicles, <laughs> number five. <laughs> is he in the greater DC universe? I don't think so. <laughs> but I think it's like the Scooby-Doo books and oh, stuff. Okay. It's just doing their own thing with their Time Warner properties. Um, next up, we have Green Arrow, number 40. We have Green Lanterns, number 46. We have Harley Loves Joker, number one. Hmm. Uh, which I'm guessing is a freebie. We have Injustice 2, number 25, with a pretty baller cover. We have Nightwing, number 44. Big shout-out to that cover as well. It is cool. Didn't win our cover of the week. Spoilers, but it was pretty damn good. Uh, We have... That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Next up, from Dynamite Entertainment, we have... Oh, my God, the variants. Red Sonja, number 15, with 600 variants. Wow. For one... Or two good reasons. We have. <laughs> what are those, Emery? <laughs> we have Red Sonia. Uh, one because moving we on. Like moving people. on. Okay, fine. Boobs. <laughs> we have Red Sonia and Tarzan. Number one. 
We have Sherlock Holmes, The Vanishing Man, number one. We have Swashbucklers, The Saga Continues, number two. And that wraps up uh, Dynamite. From Image Comics, we have Black Science, number 35. We have Death or Glory, number one. Ooh. I like this one because it has uh, a cover listing, Bengal cover. <laughs> mm. <laughs> of course. Go Bengals. Of course. Uh, so how about them draft picks? How about them draft picks? Uh, they're okay. How, how about the okay. Super Bowl? Uh, are we are we gonna get there? Hey, they've been there twice. They made out of one, <laughs> but they've gone there twice before I was born. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, did I say death or glory? I'm you gonna, did. I'm gonna assume I said death bangle or glory. Cover. Oh yes, Bengals. We sports escapade. <laughs> <laughs> Side tangent there. Sports. Uh, we have East of West number thirty-seven. We have Rock Stars, number nine. We have Scales and Scoundrels, number nine. We have Sex Criminals, number 24. We have Spawn, number 285. <sighs> we have Stray Bullets, Sunshine and Roses, number 34. We have The Grave Diggers Union, number six. Uh, we have The Walking Dead, number 179. And that wraps up Image. From IDW Publishing, we have G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero, number 251. G.I. Joe. America. We have uh, Cole, Eternal, number three. We, we have <laughs> Star Trek, The Next Generation, Through the Mirror, number one. That'd be a cool uh, mm. freebie. Uh. Old Man Picard. Is it Old Man or like a Mirror Evil version? <laughs> yeah, we gave, we gave him a goatee. Yeah, he's evil. And that's how you he, know he's evil. Well, through the mirror, mirror dimension. I don't know. Yeah, maybe evil ages like a fine wine. Next Do, generation does your wine grow goatees. <laughs> yes. Next, oh gen- <laughs> next generation <laughs> is the best Star Trek, by the way. And anybody who says otherwise is a fraud. No, I agree. Good. Also, <laughs> I enjoy <laughs> the also original agreed. series, but it's not good. It's fun. <laughs> Yeah, it's not good at all. My uh, brother, <laughs> my brother Dan, has been watching the original Star Trek series from the beginning. It's fun. It's and super fun. There is a lot of stuff that would not fly today. Oh. <laughs> not only is there really over the top, cr- like ridiculous acting from Will Shatner yes. and the cast, yes. but and the woman actresses especially. <sighs> it was a different time back then. <laughs> but th- there's some very. Uh, even though Star Trek at the time was known for being very oh, yeah. progressive, uh, including like the first like uh, uh, biracial kiss on camera or whatever, um, the first like the circumstances, multiracial cast. Yes, uh, mm-hmm. the fr- yeah. the circumstances around that kiss, they're not good. It's, it's basically like sexual assault. <laughs> it's a it's a forced Ooh. thing. <laughs> and it's not welcome whatsoever because they're being like controlled by an alien and stuff. So, yeah, <laughs> not uh, good. Yeah, a lot of things in that show that would not fly. He like talks about spanking a woman, <laughs> like because she's not behaving because she's a royal alien thing. Uh, like, there's some horrible stuff in that show that uh, nobody should watch <laughs> unless you want a good laugh and uh, see how far we've come. Yeah, if you're ever thinking that we just we haven't come very far 
as a culturally aware species, <laughs> you need to watch the original Star Trek <laughs> and realize just how far we've come in like 30 years. I feel like there should be a Next Generation episode where like Picard is talking with some alien that wants to wipe out humanity yeah. because of how crude we are. He's like, well, look look how far we've come. Take well, a that, look at this previous series. <laughs> that does kind of happen with I, the, the God guy. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Q? Q, thank you. It's James because of Forrest. that character that I will actually always and forever argue in defense of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Oh. The, the acting on Deep Space Nine is real rough. Uh, it's really rough. Yeah, for the first season. Mm, it was rough for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, Next Generation is incredibly yeah. progressive compared it, to the original Star Trek, which was not at all. Yes. So. Also, it had LeVar Burton. Yeah. <laughs> so like a thousand more points Eating for them. rainbow. Uh, next up, we have the October Faction Supernatural Dreams number three. Um, one of these days, I'm going to pick that book up because it looks interesting. We have The One, number four. Mm. Not with Jet Li, by the way. Oh. Uh, we but have with Coca-Cola? <laughs> the Transformers versus the Visionaries, number five. Still don't know who the hell the Visionaries are, uh, hmm. uh, but it's there. And then finally, Transformers Unicron, number zero. So it looks like a free comic. Yeah, that looks uh, free. And that wraps yes. up IDW. From Boom Studios, we have uh, Coda, number one. We have Giant Days, number 38. We have Go Go Power Rangers. It's Morphin Time, <laughs> number nine. Oh yeah. You just don't want me to say Ebola. What? Uh, yeah, because I'm not. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I'm not saying it this time. The because I don't want you to say Ebola. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this are is you how we're normally... with the knuckles meme that's been going around. Oh God, Uganda yeah. knuckles. Th- yeah. See, I would. My favorite no- thing is to like have him call out one of the dinosaurs. Yeah. And like then right I after he with... says "Go Go Ebola. Power Rangers," I would say "Mastodon Ebola." <laughs> and then I show like the picture of the knuckles thing on the dinosaur. Because you're awful, yes, and I'm also awful because yes. I don't stop you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you just encouraged it. Uh, <laughs> next up from Dark Horse Comics, we have Doctor Star in the Kingdom of Lost Tomorrows, number three. What, what a name! We have Kosechi, uh, the Deathless, number five, and we have Xerxes, a Fall of the House of Darius, number two. And this is Frank Miller, by the way. And we have Zodiac, Star Forest, Cries of the Fire Prince, number four. From Titan Books, we have Fighting American, The Ties That Bind, number three. We have Tank Girl, Full Color Classics, 1988 through 1989, number one. Huh. And that wraps up Titan. From Vertigo, we have Shade, The Changing Woman, number three. And that is everything coming to your local comic book shops. Again, please support your local comic book shops. And digital devices this week. Now it's time to hand out the prestigious, nay life-changing award of cover and variant cover of the week. First up, our cover of the week goes to DC's Exit Stage Left. The Snagglepuss Chronicles, number three. It's five. Five. Damn it. (laughs) Thank you for the correction. 
But it goes to Snagglepuss Chronicles number five. This cover done by Ben Caldwell, and quite a cover it is. Mm. Um, ben Caldwell has been doing these covers for a while, and he it it is almost always in consideration for cover of the week because it's so fun. Mm-hmm. I think I think he's won one in the past, but I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure he's won at least once, but I gotta say this man. This team that's doing this book should just be making a comic book adaptation of the Maltese Falcon. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the only thing that Snagglepuss needs is a fedora, (laughs) literally. It's a very like film noir look going on here, but then it's also just a cat. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) a very pink cat. Yeah, well, he's like humanoid. He's standing on two legs and everything like that, but he's a cat. Yep, smoking a cigarette, looking at a noose. There's a lot of shadows going on. Feline, even. If, yeah. yeah, it it's... With his feline features aside, he looks like he should be lamenting his ex-wife <laughs> and drinking at his mm, desk. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like the, uh, the, the cop from Heavy Rain. Uh, yes. That's what he looks like. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, my God. Uh, I didn't know that I wanted that as a video game. I can't wait for Detroit to become <laughs> Heavy human. Rain 2. <laughs> Heavy but Rain 2 would be amazing. I would happily play Heavy Rain 2. Oh, yeah. I, I'm also looking forward to Detroit. Um, become human? Yeah. Yes. I mean, there was um, Indigo Prophecy, which was fine, but a little twer- goofy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it introduced me to uh, No Theory of a Dead Man, um, their first album before they uh. went the whole... Bad girl for hand, like slide guitar route. Um, Then uh, the the next one, I think, was Heavy Rain, right? Which is. A lot of people forget about uh, Quantic Dream's first game. Was that Siberia? No. 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 Uh, It was actually Omicron the Nomad Soul. Wait, seriously? I love that game. Yeah. I never Uh, played it. uh, What was it on? It was uh, on. Dreamcast or something, right? Well. Dreamcast and PC. Okay. If you can get it on PC, <laughs> it like or Dreamcast if you've got it. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, Dreamcast cuts out the atmospheric music that oh, they play right. in the city, which is a shame because oh. that music's great. Who huh. was playing that? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I remember watching. I never played it, but I used to be roommates with this Joker. And... <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. boy. Oh my god. That game. <laughs> uh, this was a game that. Uh, David Cage wanted to really explore what the future would probably look like, which meant everyone was wearing less and less. Uh, <laughs> David uh, Bowie was there. David Bowie was there playing two roles. Yes. Wow. I mean, Cage is very famous for declothing his characters at some point in uh, the game. Uh, hmm. Yes. Um, yes, he uh, does that. I don't <laughs> think any game has that exception. I think every game has a sex scene or something, <laughs> if not multiple sex scenes. Ghosts and Goblins. I don't no, know. that wouldn't happen. I, don't think so. I know that was a bad joke because <laughs> the little, the little, uh, the night guy, he loses his armor and he's running around in underpants. Yeah, yeah oh, that's, that's a the game one with mechanic. the little, the little yeah, ghouls knight. and goblins. There we go. Yeah, okay, tiny now, little now Arthur. <laughs> now I'm familiar. And goblins. Um, but yeah, yeah. He, so I guess he had that game. I haven't played it, but you guys say it's good. Uh, is uh, it good? I like don't know a, about good. It, it's it's not it's an experience. It's not a good game, but <laughs> okay. it's a very fun experience. Okay, Indigo Prophecy is weird but good. Yeah. Which is like a the like supernatural pseudo science type of story. Mm. Yeah, um, that one got real weird. Heavy Rain was a really fun game. Uh, I think probably his best game to date. Um, that one's more of like a detective 
it feels supernatural, but there's there's revelations throughout hmm. it, and yeah. uh, it's it's got a noir feel to it. It's very cool, uh, and I I enjoy the ending of it a lot. Um, and then which one? Have, hey, well, there's only one actual like discrete story. I haven't played it. Like no you can play it. as different characters in the end, but there's only one like actual story ending. Uh, oh no! Actually, there's. <laughs> There's multiple. There are actually ways to change the ending. Is there a true ending? There's there's only one killer, though. And there's the, only one killer. That's what I'm talking sure. about. Oh, okay. Yeah. The reveal of the killer is, yeah, there's only the one killer. Ah. But there there's lots of ways that that story involving that killer can play out. <laughs> yeah, that, that I understand. That's not, yeah. I'm just talking about the character itself. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um. So that's a really good game. I highly recommend it if you have a PS3 or I don't think it was on Xbox, was it? No, no. that was a PS3 exclusive. But that's a good one to pick up. And then he had this with the weird one with uh, Ellen Page, right? Wait, yeah. that's supposed to be free on PS3. Life is Strange? Uh, no, no. Uh, I don't know. That's not Ellen Page. That- it was beyond. No, I don't know people. Two yeah, Souls. beyond two souls, where she's haunted by her like fetal twin brother. Oh, <laughs> who just spies on her while she has sex and stuff. Oh, I don't know. At first, I was like, "Oh, haunting," and then you just lost me. <laughs> both of those things. You're you're basically playing as the. From what I understand, I haven't played it yet because it's free next month. But uh. from what I understand, you're basically just the the ghost brother from the fetal. I'm down with being a ghost incident thing, yeah. but. And you uh, give her, the, like, superpowers and y- yeah, of sorts. Yeah, it's basically hmm. using your ghost brother, who's basically an astral projection camera. And you can just go through all of these things and kind of move stuff for her from that a distance. Sounds fun. It has but very... I don't like the thought of <laughs> a lot of things in that. Yeah, some very... Uh, cagey <laughs> issues there very cagey <laughs> my god but i uh I, i'm gathering all this just from what people have told me and seeing like videos of it and stuff but yeah i it, it has mixed reviews to say the least hmm. and then detroit become human looks great i'm just it, it there's does. a demo out now and i i haven't played it yet but it looks Ooh. amazing yeah i gotta get that so yeah back to snagopus back to snagopus <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wonderful cover great noir kind of aesthetic gives a kind of serious tone to an otherwise goofy character mm. which is always nice if you read into the image you can see some kind of clues like the the shadow of the noose hanging there uh under his arm uh very cool very well detailed wonderful like brushstroke looking art um big shout out to ben caldwell he's done a great job uh, and i i don't know do you guys have anything else to add for that one i'm not sure i'm gonna read it but <laughs> I actually want to read it just based on the covers alone. <laughs> okay. You'll uh, tell me if it's good, and then I will if you do. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that brings me to the variant cover of the week. You know. Because prestigious, we have mm-hmm. Nay life-changing. Yeah. All that jazz. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so our variant cover of the week goes to Death or Glory, number one, from Ooh. Image Comics. Uh, this one illustrated... By Bangle. Hmm. <laughs> it's, it's all it says. Bangle. Interesting. <laughs> uh, but the cover is done by Duncan Fregretto. It's uh, the entire uh, Cleveland, ba- Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> yes, uh, sports. The, they all work They all drew the inside. Yes. Everybody gets half mm-hmm. a page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, 
this one just looks really cool. It gives me like very strong like Fallout artwork mm. aesthetics. I don't know if Duncan Figretto has any connection to the Fallout series and his past, but it looks very much like the pseudo like uh, you know well, uh, advertising. The, she has like aesthetics. the Rosie the Riveter red uh, yeah. headband thing going on. But then you kind of got the the future tech junk. <sighs> that you is know, interesting. Is a car. Cars falling out of it. I don't. I, yeah. I want to know what's going on just from the. Picture. It has like a Dukes of Hazard scene going on. Kinda, in the, yeah. In, in the gun. It's very interesting. Yeah, it's pretty cool looking. And I it's really number do. one, and it's image, and it's Rick Remender. So I'll maybe p- probably pick it up. Yeah. Are you a Remender fan? I yeah. I've enjoyed a lot of stuff from him. What has he done? Uh, he was the one. Remember, I'd mentioned uh, last time I was on uh, episode thirty. Episode thirty. Check it out. Uh, Go back and check watch it, it out. Uh, I spoke about one of the few superhero books I'd been reading back then, which was uh, uh, Uncanny X Force, and he did a, a run on there. And it was cool. quite good. He also did Black Science, which I read some of, which was pretty good. Um, and it's still being released. And it's still being released, but I'm so far behind, I'd have to uh, do, do a some catch catching up. up. It yeah. happens. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and then he did another thing, but I can't remember what it was. Oh, Deadly Class. That was good. Cool. Deadly cool. Class. Yeah, that well, was a good one. It's getting the uh, song of praise from Seth Grover uh, for the, the writer here. And uh, the cover looks fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. So, And even the regular cover looks really great. Yeah. Uh, so I would definitely highly recommend you go pick this up. I will definitely read this this week at some point. If for nothing else, just because it has Bangle on the cover and the credits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it just looks awesome. I'd, I'm very interested in seeing what's going on or if that's just a play on what's going on in the story. Hmm. You know, But the cover is so well detailed. It's so interesting. There's Every little corner of the cover, there's something different going on that you don't notice when you initially look at it. Mm-hmm. It's everything I want from a cover, and it's just overall, it's a wonderful cover to start with. Um so yeah, uh, if you want to know, did the content match the drapes? Be sure to tune in next week and the following weeks when we review these books. I'm guessing Death or Glory will be a very quick review. Mm-hmm. Um, exit stage left. It's five issues in. Uh, uh, maybe give us a week or two. Hmm. Uh, but oh, yeah. you'll be sure to uh, see both of these comics at some point in the future on our segment, Did the Content Match the Drapes? And for our new friends out there, this is the part of the show where we all discuss a topic of our choosing about the world of comic books. Mm. So, Amory, what's our topic this week? Our topic this week is actually something that I thought of in light of the recently released Avengers Infinity War. Who would have been thinking about that? (laughs) Everyone. Jeez. Everyone. But that movie's so old. Like, it's so three <laughs> days ago. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we can't even get over it already. I, d- I don't know why. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the topic that we are going to be discussing is why comic book movies work and why video game movies don't. Uh-huh. So that's interesting. Um, I have a lot of theories, but I'd like to hear from you guys first. Now... I- I think there's there has to be a caveat to this, and I think all kind of genres of movie, if you will, have to go through this at some point. Yeah. I think there has to be a breaking point. There has mm. to be that one movie that illustrates what's okay and what's not on a live screen and what works yeah. and what doesn't work. Now, I think a lot of people would say like the first good superhero movie would be the original Superman, but I would heavily disagree. I think... 
I think Superman for all the nostalgia we have for it and how it was the first like big budget superhero movie that opened the door for more to be made in the future, not because it was necessarily good, but because it, hmm. it existed, you know, yeah. whereas before they only had the corny TV shows that were meant to be corny and silly and right. make you laugh. This was the first one that tried to tell a story and went big on budget with Marlon Brando as the you know <laughs> dad and stuff. Yeah. Um, I think superhero movies also suffered from this similar type of problem all the way up until I would say Batman 89. Oh, and I, I don't yeah. know if you guys agree with that, but I, I feel like there, there's a learning curve. There has to be that hmm. one hammer that smashes through to the audience and makes it okay to go to a superhero movie. And then from there, even if they stumble a few times, the door is open right. for something great to come out like the Nolan verse, like the Marvel cinematic universe movies, you know, um, and I think video game movies, just because of their nature, having only existed since the late 70s, really, you know, in pop culture, I mm. I think that, you know, video game movies just need more time and they need people to come in, writers to come in, uh, directors to come in that don't feel the need to drown everything in like silly, like video game isms. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which I think the Tomb Raider movies are most obvious uh, yeah, where they just always have some ridiculous video game ism in the movie <laughs> because they want to like entertain the video game fans, but right. that's not what any video game <laughs> fan wants in the movie, right? You know, um, and I think Hitman has this a little bit. Um, I, I that's my personal take on it, my personal feelings on it. I think they just need that one group and that one person to take the next step. I thought that. Uh, Assassin's Creed was going to be the one to finally smash through with uh, Michael Fassbender, right? Um, right. And everything <laughs> in the previews looked like it was going to do that until they made the big animated digital animus. And then oh boy, it got nothing but bad reviews, so I didn't bother to see it. Because I am a huge Assassin's Creed fan. I've played pretty much every game except for the brand new one. And I love the games. I love playing you know, through the historical timelines. And I'm one of the people that really hates how they got rid of Desmond in the, the third game uh, because he was basically the one I connected to to hmm. interpret everything that was happening. And now everything is just like random employee number blah, 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 <laughs> going into Abstergo and going into the past. Woo! Right. And it's like you had this one character who was the crux of this entire story. It's like the point of going into these past events was so that the person in the current day could, for the first game, get something for the company that had abducted him and put him yeah. through going yeah. in the past. Find the artifact. Yeah. And then for the following games, for him to work with these other people who were working against the, the Templars. Yeah. For Abstergo. people who... Yeah, yeah. Templars, Abstergo, people who aren't familiar with that story. Th those are the bad guys. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, after that... There are games that are fun, but they kind of make no sense <laughs> in context. Yeah, none of, none of the ones after three make any sense in context. And like, even the main storyline that is supposed to keep you invested in the first three games only kind of makes like a fleeting appearance in the following games. Hmm. Like the whole crunk. Uh, I want people to play the first three games, so I don't I want to <laughs> spoil it too much. But the whole crux of the first few games is there's something that seems supernatural about these artifacts 
and we want to get them. We want to investigate into them. We we know that they have some kind of abilities or something and have had big influences throughout big historical events in history, um, and including like things of religious significance mm-hmm. and other things, you know, uh, in this interpretation. Um, and um, it's it's very important to the core story and then it's revealed later in like the third and the end of the second game really that there's there is kind of a predecessor to modern humanity that is very important to the story and anyway gets released upon the world in a certain way in a certain form because of the choices of the main character into the following games and that's supposed to be the guiding force for the following games and hmm. then the following games just c- totally drop the ball and oh. ignore it almost completely <laughs> like they make appearances but they almost just completely ignore it <laughs> which kind of sucks because that was yeah that, the modern day story was what was keeping me on board for all these other s- huh. stories you know because you already know how the past stories really worked out for the most part you know right and like yes you care for those people for a second but it's only because you're connected through the person in the present I had a different opinion of the first two games. Really? Yeah, I didn't play past the second game, but I did did not care about Desmond at all. But I liked these cool people. We were I thought he was the, the only thing that mattered in those no. games. Yeah. Quite honestly, uh, a yeah. lot of people like it's a very common sentiment to have connected to specifically Ezio mm. since he was well, he was so in like four games. <laughs> yeah, He's a fun he had his own universe built for him. You know, uh, yeah, like he was likable in the first game, but I don't think anybody actually gave a shit about him until he had four total games of content and stories. <laughs> tied I liked to him. him more than Desmond. Uh, he <laughs> was Desmond. Play- <laughs> you were playing Desmond in his body. Eh. That was all Desmond. <laughs> Not exactly. In an Ezio body. Uh, yeah, it's very weird how people are... Like, the point of those games was to play as Desmond playing That's not how as I did it. this so, guy. So did you care but about Altier more than you cared about yeah, Desmond? Yeah, about Desmond, yeah. Really? Yep. I did not care about Altier at he all. He was kind of boring, but he was, you know. Yeah, I thought Altier was the least interesting of <laughs> the, the trio there. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, he was just... And I feel the same way about the 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 Kenway character from the third game. Uh, the uh, Connor. Connor, Kenway, mm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, half Native American, half... Uh, English guy. Yeah, I keep trying to remember his native name, but it always escapes me. Yeah, it's a Mohawk name. I don't. It's hard to pronounce. Yeah. Which is cool because they actually brought M- Mohawk Native Americans in to voice the cast. That's and good. Wh- they were able to actually pronounce things properly, which <laughs> is which was really cool hearing like the authentic pronunciations and stuff. But it's interesting that video games are willing to do that, but movies movies are not. not. <laughs> they're casting uh, Johnny Depp as the Native American yeah, character. Geez. Yeah. Oh. While they're filming on a Native American reservation. Uh, oh. oh. The balls, the balls you have to do to put up a middle finger to the Native Americans while filming on their land. I'm pretty sure someone, it might have been Johnny Depp himself, who went out of his way to say that he has some Native blood in him. I'm sure, Mm. just like everybody. Yeah, yeah, you're full of shit. Exactly. Everybody says that. Uh, (laughs) Very few are correct. (laughs) Very few are correct. Yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, I do think you mentioned back to our topic. Yeah. That game of taking game elements and putting them in a movie doesn't really work because it seems out of place and is oh for some reason even though it doesn't pertain to the story that we're trying to follow here we got to go to the lava level or something like that absolutely yeah absolutely and it's like oh the lava level was in the game so everyone wants to go to 
you know, lava world. <laughs> yeah, it's it's completely unnecessary, and you're right. I think they, they have to figure that out at the studio level, and I don't think they're figuring that out. What I will give the Super Mario Brother mo- <laughs> Brothers movie <laughs> is, <laughs> is nothing. It's not at all like the games. <laughs> uh, well, this, it, to be fair, it's really hard to make a movie about a fucking plumber who fights a giant <laughs> turtle uh, to save a princess yeah. who is kind of a mushroom but kind of not. Uh, also, <laughs> the who regularly jumps on weird little turtles yeah. and, uh, and evil all, mushrooms and e- are those evil mushrooms? I thought Goombas were mushroom people, basically, uh, but evil. I, I mean, to me, what they are just, they? They just look like dickheads. Isn't isn't like the the <laughs> you got to jump on that mushroom heads there, <laughs> uh, jumping on the mushroom heads. Mm. Oh, isn't like the story like canonically? Not that Mario has much canon. <laughs> the Mario canon is established <laughs> and important. <laughs> isn't the canon basically that like the people of the Mushroom Kingdom were cursed? By like Bowser using some kind of spell when he took the princess oh, I hostage, have no idea. and like every block that you break is a is a person. Oh, geez, what? Yeah. So every time he breaks a block, he's technically killing somebody. I, it might like, have been the canon at some point, but I don't think so. I uh, think it is. I th- I think it was on. Um, Jeez. One of those theory shows, game theory. Oh, no. uh, 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 yeah. We're talking about a game theory that isn't taking into account how much of a mutant that Mario has to be in order to break brick okay. with his head repeatedly. You've seen Space Jam. You yes, realize why he's so All short, right? right? <laughs> it's his spine being compressed every time he jumps. <laughs> he's not a hu- <laughs> Mario's not a normal human, okay? He's a plumber. But... <laughs> <laughs> Shit, that's not what I meant. He is still a plumber, but he's some different Damn. species of plumber. <laughs> in Super Mario Odyssey, which I just played I relatively didn't know recently, plumbers were a species. No, <laughs> well, it's a job that any species could have. You could have like uh, I don't think a fox could be a plumber. Well, you could have a Klingon plumber. Okay. Well, so he's he's a <laughs> Klingons are species. not in this universe. No, but to my knowledge, they they aren't. But I don't think Mario is a human from our Earth. Oh. You think he's an alien or or some other magical world? It's like an alternate dimension right. where people actively grow only to like four feet tall. Yeah, and all and, men are plumbers and <laughs> magic <laughs> and magically grow whenever they eat shrooms. I'm yes. pretty sure this. So in this Super was devised Mario on Odyssey, in Super Mario Odyssey, he goes to New Donk City, best fucking name, <laughs> but New Donk City, New Donk City <laughs> which is just New York, and there are normal humans, and he comes up to about like waist high on them. And he's still like you know the three D like Mario sixty four style but scaled up Mario. Sure. It's and there's just like regular. Italian he's Oompa running Oompa. around in what would be in any other setting like a GTA game. Uh-huh. And but people are just twice as tall as him. I don't think he's a normal human. It's possible. New it, Donk City, check it out. Uh, while Although possible, I don't want to discuss this canon any further because <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Yeah, there's got to be Mario comics out there. Uh, and I'm sure those people also took LSD. You know what there are <laughs> comics of? Sonic, Sonic the, the Hedgehog. Hedgehog. <laughs> 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 Gotta go fast. Which has a story that I can comprehend. Hey, pseudo-anthropomorphic animals are being terrorized by Dr. Robotnik, who wants to abduct these animals so he can use them and his robots mm-hmm. to conquer the world. I can understand that. What is <laughs> Dr. Robotnik's real name? Eggman? 
No. Ivo. Te- Ivo Kentober. <gasps> oh, really? Yes. Which is, <sighs> I thought it would have been Teddy because he was built up or made after. Uh, like Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy mm-hmm. Roosevelt, yeah. But yeah, it's like he's, his looks are based on Teddy Roosevelt, but his name is very br- off-brand Russian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also, he's technically the only thing faster than Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> Another game character that has uh, some really fleshed out backstory, unlike Mario, uh, Mega Man. <laughs> Ah, yeah. Mega Man. Mega There's a Man. lot going on with Mega, Mega Man. Mega Man has, like, multiple, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, threads that are very well detailed. And <laughs> I, I actually, in terms of, <clears throat> since we're talking about video game movies, I yes. specifically never want that movie to be made. You never want the <laughs> Mega Man movie? I never want it, if only because... There's no way to do it without completely fucking it up. <laughs> See, that's the thing. <laughs> Video games have so many games in a series, and each of them has to be sort of this contained, larger thing, but sometimes there's recurring villains, and you get weird, messed up canons like Mario yeah. or Ooh. like Mega Man, yeah. where like you can't make this into a three hour, a two hour movie. Yeah, you can't make no. it into a three hour movie. I would say. Television, the, like Netflix, the, get on it. Yeah, that, that's well. I mean, we got are... plenty of TV shows, animated mostly, but we have plenty mm. of video game TV. Well, yeah, shows. yeah. We need yeah. a live action Netflix series uh, of Mega Man. Yeah, I I would say like I, th- that would I think be it'd re- be hard to translate that. That would be very hard to translate. It, it, oh, it would, <laughs> but especially the the look of him. Yeah. yeah, but it would be even more difficult to do a shorter story for him done right without completely getting rid of what everyone associates with Mega Man, which is mm-hmm. fighting eight robots anytime <laughs> he has to show up. <laughs> what did you guys think of the Castlevania series? I actually liked it. I it liked was it really a lot. Good. Yeah. That was that was brilliant. I that, thought there was Warren Ellis. Yes. There was only four four <laughs> yeah. episodes, right? Yeah. And they're real short too. It wasn't even like long. I know. I yeah. thought that was the most disappointing part. Mm-hmm. Like I loved it. I loved the cast. I loved the writing. I loved the like Voice dialogue. I thought it was a lot of fun and did some, you know, it, it respected the content pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh but it was four episodes <laughs> and then they're like, "Well, maybe we'll do another one." And then when they're like, probably do another one they still didn't give like a very yeah. good timetable so it's like and the next one is it going to be like a full like season or is it going to be another four episodes that i takes think they wanted an to an hour and a half to watch you know i think they wanted to test the waters yeah so like since video game media has such a bad rap yeah maybe. they wanted to make sure they could make something and people would like it that makes sense yeah, yeah. and since so far there's been universal appraise uh they've actually doubled the episode order from ah, last nice. time. So it's going to be at least eight episodes, but we don't know whether or not they're going to be like close to a half hour or close to a full hour. An hour would be nice. So An hour would be... Oh, that's I what we need. Ha- I have a video game movie that I will say I really love and enjoy, even though I acknowledge it's not good. Okay, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Mortal <laughs> Kombat! It has the distinct... Uh, good graces to be and the, the, the first one, f- one to be yeah. specific, not yeah. annihilation. Mm, right, uh, exactly. Uh, the, <laughs> it has the distinct uh, good graces and good reputation to be the best video game movie adaptation based specifically on a fighting game. Yeah, 
and like that one there are video game isms like they go through levels and yeah, they, you know yeah they, there are definitely a, a because lot of, of its, isms because of its nature as a competition right. obviously you have to take one person down at a time so there's a boss and there's a boss and there's a boss you yeah know. there's a lot of one-on-one yeah happening here uh but i did enjoy it and i still enjoy it like <laughs> even though there's like terrible things like the white guy being raiden and with the <laughs> really terrible like lightning effects from uh, his eyes uh, and you know like there, <laughs> there's some really goofy stuff you oh, know jo- johnny cage spoiler <laughs> alert for 20 year old movie <laughs> wow <laughs> he wins against goro by splitting doing the splits and punching him in the nuts That's so literally so that one of my top five <laughs> moments of all time in movie history and then he's Ugh. so distracted using all four of his arms to cover his hurt nuts that he falls off the cliff like, <laughs> wow there's some i've never seen this oh my god it, dude <laughs> it's both great and terrible at the same okay. time it's really entertaining like this is and there's movie... stuff in it that's genuinely cool yeah. like <laughs> this, this is a movie that actually surprisingly explores its own lore yeah which oh is Something that usually... The Mortal Kombat lore. Uh, Which is much better than Street Fighter, I will say. (laughs) (laughs) You may think Street Fighter is a better game, but there's shit lore there. If any. (laughs) Their lore is we have a lot of people learning this one fighting style. Oh, God. And some other people learning some different fighting styles, but it's mostly about this uh, traveling... uh, back alley fight hobo yeah and the characters names aren't even the same depending on what country you're in you know (laughs) so mortal Kombat at least has that on its side that's true like half of them demons though i don't think so no Uh, a lot of of uh, most of them are like people that are dead that were reanimated by like shang sung or quan chi i don't know how how street fighter has a lot of people in uh, karate geese okay yeah uh Mortal Kombat has ninjas. Okay. <laughs> lots and lots of ninjas. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, all the Japanese characters are ninjas. Yeah. Ah. Uh, and all the white people are either movie ninjas or <laughs> soldiers. Okay. Or and someone based on Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> Wait. Wait. Movie ninja. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, is that... Johnny Cage, Johnny Cage is, is based on Jean-Claude Van Damme. Really? It was that originally was... supposed to be a Jean-Claude Van Damme game. Oh, wow. Huh. And then, But he backed out. Yeah. I wonder why. <laughs> and so they just made Mortal Kombat out of it, which is pretty cool. All right. There's yeah. A lot of cool uh, backstory there. Yeah. Uh, if you actually go back and play uh, Mortal Kombat 9, which was just titled I don't think I will. Mortal Kombat, really you've good. actually played it. Oh, really? Yeah. That's the one where Kratos shows up. Oh, I did not like that. <laughs> He's not in the story, though. No, he's not in the story. But if you take a close look at Johnny Cage and put a picture of Jean-Claude Van Damme next to him, yeah. they actually this time kind of modeled his face. Huh. Yeah. I really I really like the Mortal Kombat lore, to be honest. Like it's, As sometimes over the top it is, because there's a lot of time shenanigans between the games. Yeah. Because they got to keep the games going. Right. Um, <laughs> Overall, it works, especially in the last two games. I think the last two games, the story I, was fun. I oh, cannot yeah. judge the lore of any fighting game because my favorite fighting game is Blaze Blue, <laughs> <laughs> which are good games. Yes, but uh, v- very games, convoluted but over yes. the top storylines. Fuck that story. Anime story oh lines. my god, <laughs> I like it. It's dumb, but I like it. Any story that manages to be more convoluted than Guilty Gear, get the <laughs> fuck out. <laughs> I love the characters in Blaze Blue. Don't get me wrong. But that story, what the fuck? Okay, so do you want a quick rundown? 
No, no, no because we the don't quick have time. We don't have time. We, don't have time. <laughs> we literally we'll do, do not that have on... time for the quick rundown. The quick rundown <laughs> there, is an hour. There, there may or may not be a video game podcast that I may or may not be that. in production mm. in the near future. Mm. And may or may not. We may or may not discuss this. So okay. Let's save right. it. Let's save it. <laughs> will we'll table that one. Table. Can I be your guys' shitty Japanese lore uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, consultant? <laughs> Absolutely. It, yes, can we uh, cut over to you, like looking at an like a laptop? And it's like according to what I found here. No, it's gonna be full on. I'm gonna get a wall in my apartment or my house, uh, and just put post-it notes and yarn connecting everything together, and then just we'll cut away. <laughs> and it's just me speaking. Here's this, and you don't understand because that was him five thousand years ago, but also from the future when they upgraded his. And you know exactly who I'm talking no. about. Oh yeah, no, um, another fighting game with convoluted storylines. Soul Caliber. Oh, oh yeah. Sweet, good God. <laughs> want some convoluted storylines? There you go. Uh, yeah. Pardon me while I take or actually start teaching a history lesson. <laughs> Because of fucking Soul Calibur. Yeah. And this is why we don't have movies based off of video games. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there are video games, to get back to the original yes. topic. Yeah. Um, there are video games that lay out a storyline yeah. perfectly. Like, all you have to do is take this, put it in a movie, without, like, the, the video game, game isms. Yeah. yeah. You know, the Let's... kill 600 people <laughs> to get to the next level parts. Someone finds a trophy. Yeah. Oh, achievement. Hmm. Like, I think The Last of Us is the yeah. most clear example oh, yeah. of this. But I don't think they should make the movie until they have the context of the second game. Because uh, for those who have played The Last of Us, and why haven't you played The Last of Us? Th- yeah, go uh, play that game. <laughs> um, the it, the, it ends kind of on a, not a cliffhanger, but it leaves threads. It, it, there's definitely kind of in the wind. opening for a second game. Yeah, and I think a- we might have zombie fatigue now, though, so it'd be kind of a rough sell. Yeah, I understand. I've got zombie fatigue. I I think that's true, especially for TV shows. Yeah, but I think a movie could probably get away with it, especially if it's a character focused movie that isn't really about the whole zombie the zombies, thing. Yeah, like th- they're the the environment for what's going on. Right, kind of mushroom infected people mm-hmm. but it's not the at the core of what the story is about the core is really about joel and ellie doing their thing yeah. the fireflies the human sections right his brother you know th- these are the things that matter the most you know and i think if you make a character focused story in a movie which you can't easily do i think it could work out uh, another one is uncharted mm. uh, i mm-hmm. think you wanted to mention earlier Emery. oh yeah yeah uh, <laughs> uncharted is actually uh, a very good like Indiana Jones style archetype, which hilariously got all of its like ideas from Tomb Raider, the the games and movies that have are basically loaded with video games. If you took Indiana Jones and Tomb Raider and kind of mushed them into a big cinematic event, you would have the Uncharted games pretty much. Yeah. And yeah, like I, I really love the writer specifically of the first three games. They brought in a different person for the fourth. Yeah, it's still a good game. They brought in the Last of Us writer. Oh, yeah. hey, to come in and write the fourth one because uh, she stepped away to do a Star Wars project that got canceled. Oh, yeah. So it's unfortunate. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, she did a fantastic job. Writing someone who I want to say is basically what if we took someone with like a mild Shia LaBeoufism and made them an adventurer, huh? A competent <laughs> adventurer. Mm. See, like I've 
I, I think we've discussed this before. I don't know if we did it on the podcast, but uh, I can easily paint a picture for the, the Uncharted movies. Like, it would be so simple. You, you don't even have to make a new story. You can just <laughs> take the first game and put it in a movie. It, and yeah. I would put, like, Bradley Cooper as the main character. If you want to be, like, real, like, kind of clever with it, you can make, like, Harrison Ford be Sully, mm. the, the older <laughs> the older guy, the older lovable individual that tries to save him from being stupid. Um, uh, oh, I, yeah, that, that movie doesn't work without Sully. I think the mm. movie just casts itself real easily, and I, I, even if you don't get, like, Harrison Ford, you know, <laughs> right. you can get a character very similar very quickly and easily that I think could represent him really well. Hmm. Oh, yeah. And it, it's all about those character dynamics and that's what video games don't seem to understand it's right. not about the video game set pieces <laughs> where he's jumping around and doing ridiculous things and cg monsters and stuff like the thing is that matters most for these games and what makes them work is that you're spending all this time with the characters mm-hmm. focusing on the characters like yeah, focusing on the story i and think not like trying to insert footage that looks like gameplay definitely and i think the Uncharted series is probably the best example of a game where the game mechanics themselves are not why you're in the game. You're in the game for the fun story, the big cinematic set pieces, which is exactly what a movie is, you know? Yeah. And the fact that the gameplay itself uh, lends itself to, like, giving you the feeling that you are still watching a movie, hmm. even though it feels like you're playing a game when you're, like, controlling it. Yeah. So I, I think those ones clear, clearly set what you should do for these movies. But the problem is they're so beloved that if you fuck it up, right. <laughs> yeah. the backlash will be huge. And Ooh, I, especially yeah. since it seems like it would be really hard to fuck up unless you just casted terribly and had a terrible <laughs> writer on the project. You know? yeah. I think Sony's done a few attempts at casting in an Uncharted movie and a Last of Us movie, and neither of them seem to pan out because directors leave and the project mm. keeps failing and disappearing and then coming back for a second or two and then you know i wonder if they actually tried to get ellen page for the movie version yeah, of that the would last be pretty funny <laughs> yeah <laughs> ellen page famously sued them for what she thought using their likeness but oh. the per the thing is it's funny because of the the cage game yeah uh, right yeah the one you mentioned with the, uh, the beyond baby two ghosts. souls beyond two souls yeah she backed out of playing ellie to, oh, to play okay. Beyond Two Souls, huh. her character in that. And so the character was pretty much already designed and made, so right. they had to seek out not only a good voice actress, but an, a voice actress that kind of looked like her for the mocap right. and stuff. Yeah. And that's exactly what they did. So the voice actress, um, I wish I could remember her name. That Ashley Johnson. Ashley Johnson, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know her will, real well because she's always on podcasts. The character in Resident Evil like 4? Uh, She's done a lot of. Oh voice my acting. god! <laughs> like the name, the, not like all they, the name. They actually named a character in Resident Evil Four. The person that you escort, she the like, president's daughter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it actually named Ashley Johnson. Was it oh, Johnson? I, it might have been Johnson. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Andrew Johnson came back from the grave to be president. <laughs> as long as it's not Andrew Jackson. It, oh it, god! It would <laughs> fit in the Resident Evil universe. Yeah. <laughs> Um, talk about convoluted uh, storylines that don't make any sense. Oh, um, yeah. God, fuck those Resident movies. Evil. But, oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I, I think, uh, I think as we've been saying, I, the comic book aesthetics that people had to figure out, oh, mm-hmm. we don't have to make everything an over-the-top, ridiculous-looking, you know, right. whatever-costumed character. We can just 
I mean, Joel Schumacher forgot it for a little while, and <laughs> DC current universe kind of forgot it a little bit. But uh, in between, you know, Marvel and DC have both kind of found out that, hey, you know, if we make kind of character-focused stories for the most part, you know, maybe have some cinematic set pieces to satisfy the comic fans, you know, yeah. we can make something credible and mm-hmm. worth worth everybody's time, especially as an adult. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think they've succeeded where I think video games still just need that to figure it out like the, they just need to realize that at the producer level um that they don't have to make everything a ridiculous nonsensical set piece there is one movie that i think came really close to like getting it and that was prince of persia hmm i didn't I never, actually see that i never saw it because they made jake gyllenhaal the main character and i was just like i'm hmm. not about this life y- yeah you are not my prince of persia yeah no i mean he's definitely not anyone's prince of persia <laughs> it's like baby face blue-eyed super white <laughs> dude who is apparently the prince of persia yeah mm. yeah, yeah. it's like they basically make him out to be like off-brand aladdin who just gets adopted um, now yeah but so still I, so you enjoyed the movie uh i enjoyed it enough to where i periodically forgot that it was jake gyllenhaal hmm. playing this character who for some reason, they couldn't even spring for like brown contact lenses <laughs> for his face. <laughs> now, that's know. not the same. There are people that are green eyed and blue eyed throughout the Middle East. Right. Uh, again, my army time, I know this. <laughs> right. Um, it's because there's just been so much ad mixture of cultures. Even Vikings, that, you know, Persian uh, kings had Viking guards because yeah. they would sail down the river systems into what is now Persia. And be hired as like top level mercenaries and hmm. stuff. Like there's there's Viking inscriptions and like graffiti on several like places and palaces down in the Middle East and Iran and Saudi Arabia and places like that. It's pretty cool. Iraq, hmm. Iraq especially. Yeah. So while that is there is plenty of bad the case, but but for the Prince of Persia, <laughs> super pasty, fat, <laughs> chubby face, button nosed, blue eyed white guy, but uh, he doesn't fit too well. It, it, no, yeah. no, not not even a little bit. They couldn't even add a filter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, uh, come on, guys. It's like all they needed was a filter for his face. Hmm. With that said, uh, the storytelling was actually reasonably well done. It actually managed to only show his parkour like a little bit because like we don't need that right like, right in your face uh but they focused on the story hmm. which was a kind of a court palace intrigue uh they went with the the sands of time dagger so we had some like uh let's rewind like five seconds and like cool. undo some bad shit it's pretty neat uh does yeah. he use it to get out of social situations? <laughs> no. Well, boo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that didn't work. <laughs> I love your dress. <laughs> Be- before we go any further, favorite Prince of Persia game? Sands of Time. How dare you? Uh, it's been a long time since I played it. Uh, I th- rem- There was a string of newer ones where it started with Sands of Time. Mm-hmm. The second one was good, and I can't remember if I liked the second or third one best. Uh, it was like Two Thrones was the second, I think. It's the third one. The third? Okay, then what was the you, second? Are you thinking of Warrior War- Within, the best Prince of Persia game oh that God. featured Godsmack every time the monster <laughs> showed up. And it was fucking awesome. Because you knew when that that you were about to get fucked up if you didn't start running. I love that game. Okay, okay. It was actually because of that game that they gave Jake Gyllenhaal that costume 
and I hated him for <laughs> it. How dare you? I literally hated Warrior like, Within was specific- so damn good. Warrior Within had a lot of good gameplay and a lot of good combat schematics, but I hated the story. I liked it. I don't remember <laughs> it. Now, to be fair, first story was better, but I think it's just because it has a finite conclusion to it. You know? <laughs> Whereas the second one is just like kind of spinning off the first one, but not really. Yeah. And, and it, it kind of expands into what Two Thrones becomes. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I love the second one. <laughs> Gameplay was better. Music was definitely better. Uh. And there was a villain that actually scared me. Huh. Oh, right, that uh, time monster. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was cool. Like, oh, you done fucked up the time stream. I'm going to fuck you titan. up. <laughs> Coming to devour the you. Time police. <laughs> He's like the Freeze. big guy from time Sideways. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> the so, comic Sideways. Uh, yeah, it's a terrible like, name. Oh, yeah, you have powers. Stop using them. You suck. So, uh, <laughs> stop, you suck. Just to put a nice cap on this topic. Of the video game movies you want to see and you think could be done, hmm. which ones would each of us like to see mm. and think could be pulled off? Maybe throw out some castings if you have ideas. Oh, geez, I don't know, actors? or actresses. If not, no big deal. Yeah. Okay, I'll try. All right, I personally think that, uh, one, we should go back and redo Prince of Persia because we almost got it all right the first time. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, but even more than that, Uncharted. Uncharted is like practically begging to be made. Yeah. This is the this Naughty the, Dog games in general. Mm. Just they're very clearly made to be movies. Yeah, this is the kind of thing that like a video game company makes just because they're not a movie studio. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if it wasn't for that, I'm actually going to make a super deep cut here oh. and bring up the Legacy of Kane series. Oh, that would oh, be wow. good. I never played them, but yeah. Uh, imagine uh, <laughs> Shakespearean level storytelling, at least for most of them. Blood Omen gets kind of like <laughs> this is a video game. You're a vampire. Blah, uh, <laughs> blah, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> blah. I am a vampire. Stop fucking me over. <laughs> um, yeah, Legacy of Cain had, and specifically the Soul Reaver games, had probably one of the best crafted stories involving vampires and time shenanigans and the concept of morality when it comes mm. to being a vampire, being a former vampire who now just feeds on souls. <laughs> and like what it is to embrace humanity. Hmm. It's pretty cool. Sounds like it'd be a pretty workable process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also those games focused like more an on underworld type game. Yeah. Uh, fun or fact. Or movie, I should say. Uh, the lady who wrote the, the story for those games, same lady who wrote the first three Uncharted games. Oh, wow. That's cool. cool. Yeah. Do you huh. remember her name? Because I'm trying to remember her name and I can't uh, remember her name. Amy Hennig. Oh, yes. Okay. It, it, okay. It's official. Pretty close. Uh, I think Red Dead Redemption hmm. is oh, clearly built yeah. to be an easy movie um, because there's a clear defined story. There's a clear defined uh, group of characters that are important to the core story. There's a clear defined like connection to his family and to the, the, the U.S. Marshal that's more or less blackmailing him to do this. Uh, and I think it has a very cool like typical Western ending that is just not only taken straight from movies but like adapted in Hmm. its own unique way 
And I think that could play out as a video game very, very well and very, very easily. Um, I think that game is laid out pure in a way that can be easily made into a great movie. And prior to them coming out with this new Red Dead Redemption 2 uh, game that's focusing on their backstory of the gang and stuff uh, that's coming out this year, I think. Yeah. Uh, I thought it would have been cool to just tell the story of the gang and how John Marshton broke away from the gang and what happened to all the other gang members that are dead in the game you know i thought that would be cool but now they're already doing it in the video game but (laughs) so they can't really tell a new story that way but um i'm sorry i was just looking up at amy hennig's uh previous work (laughs) which includes a super nintendo game called michael jordan chaos in the windy city nice (laughs) is this the prequel to charles barkley shut up and jam gaiden maybe (laughs) (laughs) but it also includes uh not just uncharted but jack and daxter yeah uh, i'm aware she's been with naughty dog forever oh yeah so which is great it's really funny humor-based games so um but she likes legacy of kane the best Ooh, interesting she considers that her greatest achievement. Now, um, uh, the other one I was really thinking of and really considering um, that hasn't been done already yeah, is a game that isn't necessarily seen as very good, which is why I think it'll translate perfectly into a movie. Because the same reasons that people didn't like the game are the same reasons I think it would make a really good movie. The Order 1886... Oh. which is a PlayStation exclusive game that came out near, it was supposed to come out at launch, but got delayed a little bit. And it is l- just one big cinematic thing that's meant to show off the graphic engines and tell like a really clear linear story. And the criticisms that game gets is that the gameplay is really linear, really kind of boring. And like, it's just so focused on cinematics and big set pieces and, you know, the characters and whatnot. And, and it's so it's sh- a movie and it's sh- <laughs> and it's short amount of time and it even ends with a cliffhanger to build <laughs> you know a movie series so hmm. like i think that that world and that that group would be the most ready to be made into a video game other than the ones we've obviously mentioned with uncharted and uh last of us yeah this basically uh monster hunters but uh, also knights of the round table yeah and i think yeah. it's cool i think with that movie you would have a good chance of success assuming you don't fuck it up <laughs> yeah. uh, because most people have not played the order 1886 hmm. because it got mediocre reviews based on the really short uh, length of time to play that game and how little there really was to do in that game huh. right given and, the price tag that it came out with yeah and because you know. that game ends on a cliffhanger that is probably never going to be addressed again um <laughs> i feel like it's perfect for a movie or at least a tv series because it, it has story that just wasn't fulfilled in the end of the game so you have the people that are fans of the game that did play the game invested but just not yeah, having I think the execution. They would actually, I think, need to do that before ever making another game because they need a reason to come back. <laughs> sure. And I think the the movie would be the the perfect way to get them back into it. Hmm. How about you, Rover? Uh, I was thinking of a few different things. I was looking up a game that I'd forgotten the name of earlier, but I I of the video game movies, I think Silent Hill was actually really good. Oh, and I think yeah. that a lot of those like atmospheric horror things would maybe. So be... you actually like the Silent Hill? movie? I did actually like the first Silent Hill movie. All right, um, I never saw it, so it's I don't, pretty I don't good know. actually. It's good. 
and it works in horror movie levels because it's not focusing on like the mechanics of a video game because Silent Hill is very much all about atmospheres yeah. and stuff like that. And Silent like, Hill not played for the mechanics. Right. No. <laughs> if you like no. tank controls, that's right. your game. <laughs> uh, but so since they're not worrying about that, there's some things like there's no reason for Pyramid Head to be there or stuff like that. But you got to have him cameo or whatever. Yeah. But other than that, it's a lot of like atmospheric horror, which. That's does cool. pretty well. Does it tell like an actual clear story? Yeah, the or movie actually works pretty well. Shows it up in scary places. The movie works pretty happen. well. Okay, uh, cool. about with a story. I'll have to check in. it out then. Yeah. That's cool. It's more contained. You know, yeah. it's not. Uh, it's only like a day or two. Yeah, but uh, it does tell a pretty good story. Uh, the game I was looking up, but I'd forgotten, was Amnesia: The Dark Descent. Okay. Which was a PC game, um, which was another sort of survival yeah, it's a horror, game. horror game. I think it's on PS4. Yeah. It was, a, yeah. it was it, a free It eventually PSN game. got ported, yeah. 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 But I think that would be an interesting thing to see uh, as a movie. Yeah. Because there's a lot of interesting story stuff going on. And there's like puzzles and stuff like that you wouldn't have to cover, mm-hmm. but they might. You just reminded me of a really good example. Um, what is that horror game, that PlayStation 4 horror game? That was exclusive there. That was pretty recent. Bloodborne? No. No, that would not. That would be <laughs> the a Bloodborne movie. movie. <laughs> oh, I'm dead. No. Okay, I'm um, back. Oh, I'm dead. <laughs> I'm trying to remember it. It's a it's a game where it's it's kind of like a Telltale style hmm. thing where you make choices. It's a horror game. Um, God, I'm trying to remember it. I'm, I'm going to think of it. Cin- my girlfriend Cindy and I just played through that whole thing and loved it. Huh. Uh, I can't. I can't re- it's got the guy from... Uh, I I robot on it or not not I robot uh, Mr. Robot oh. the Amazon show Oh I'm going to think of it I have no I'm idea I just I'm spacing All right cut Kevin Spacey Well I look <laughs> it up Kevin no you uh, no. said spacing <laughs> Any uh, space but that <laughs> Oh wait he's terrible isn't he Until dawn uh, Yes until Dawn is the until game. Until Dawn, oh my God, yeah, that until, game. Until Dawn is a really fun and obviously cinematic game, huh. and it has probably the best mocap I've ever seen in a game, uh, with some really fun, interesting like story threads and stuff. And it's kind of a cool movie that I think could set up for like an M Night Shyamalan type hmm. type of movie. Because yeah. Even though it's kind of set up as kind of like a murder story, there's some kind of new supernatural elements that to it. That sounds interesting. Or at least it makes you think that way until oh, maybe don't. maybe things happen. I don't know. I gotta, I you got to play the game. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's basically a, a big, dumb, like, Friday the 13th or... Uh, uh, well, not I Friday say the that, 13th, no. but uh, more like... Um, no, it would be more like Friday the Thirteenth. Right. Like a, it's a bunch of people who get together in this cabin oh. in the woods. Son of a bitch! It's, it, that's, <laughs> I think that's the better analogy. The movie Cabin in the Woods. Okay, I yeah. think that's the best analogy for this this video game. It's hmm. it's kind of built like that, where it's like kind of making fun of other horror movies with its aesthetic and its kind of horror movie cliches. Like it's okay. it's got like of the slutty like college girl who's trying to mess with everybody and be like superficial about everything. It's got like the really smart dorky guy who's kind of shy. It's got the jockey character kind of playing off of another jockey yeah. character for huh. the attention of some woman, you know, hmm. that's in the group. And the, you know, there's the stereotypical character dynamics. There's the weird one that everybody's like <laughs> iffy about, you know. Um, so there, it, there's plenty of threads there that are just kind of corny, but purpose, purposely corny. And I think hmm. it could be made into a very cabin of the woods e type movie. Interesting. Um, yeah. 
Uh, it's just a fun movie. I don't <clears throat> or game, I should say, uh, that I think could be made easily into like a cheap budget, <laughs> like a lower budget, not superhero budget level. Like an Uncharted would probably be a big budget movie for all hmm. the set pieces you have to have. Uh, you know? Yeah. Um, as would like y- you could the go order like semi low with uh, Until Dawn. Hmm. Yeah, but um. Uh, I don't know. I just think that 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 could be like a fun example of something to do that's not doesn't have to be taken so seriously. Right. That could still be pretty good. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd go with you on that one. Horror yeah. games, I think, are a good idea. That uh, I also think Bioshock might be good. Bioshock would probably be good. I think it would be real. You'd have to you'd have, have a, to not ga- you have to ungamey it, but yeah, you'd have to have like a real large budget committed yeah. to it, and you'd have to take out like a lot of the like serum power right, stuff. Yeah. And, you know. Do maybe like. Someone explains, hey, you you have the ability to use things now or something yeah. like that, rather than like. I think that one would be hard to pull off in live action, personally. But I can, I could see if somebody, the, the right there. person, got yeah. it. You know, yeah. I think. Yeah, the the story is definitely there for Bioshock. I think the I, biggest problem with Bioshock is there's not. It would focus on one character, and it would be really hard to have like character moments, unless you went with you like it infinite and did like the infinite stuff, because hmm. then at least there's two characters to play off of. But I think the other ones, I think you'd have to rewrite it so he's doing less like running around this broken place and killing crazy people, and more like interacting with the characters that you do end up interacting along the way. Yeah, I just I just think it'd be hard to do for an audience. Yeah, probably. I have a brilliant idea for something to be adapted into television and mm-hmm. maybe possibly a movie. The Fallout series. Oh jeez. That's so over the top. I don't think <laughs> I don't think it would be any good as a series. I uh, think there's potential there. It's so over the top. <laughs> more specifically because there's so the much of trouble. <laughs> okay, Fallout 4 is a very unique monster when it comes to that. A settlement's in trouble. I, I swear to God. <laughs> Shut up, Preston. The setting <laughs> is there is what I think Emery's getting at. Yeah, the setting is there. A settlement's in trouble. I, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> there, There is so much story potential. But it's so, like, goofy and over the top. There's aliens and, like, there's, and, you know, pseudo-government uh, uh, forces that aren't really government forces. They're just crazy people. There's, you know, raiders and feral ghouls and super mutants and... <laughs> Yeah, probably like, can't call the thing super mutants and have it be. Okay, copyright infringement. Now, okay, the big deal with the Fallout series is that this is post-apocalypse. This is they have junk potato guns. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then, like it's, I feel like it would just be too hard to accomplish. I don't know. I, I think it's there. I think that there luck, is buddy. enough. I'm rooting for you. Uh, there's enough of a freedom to tell basically any story that you want. The setting is any, good. Any setting that you want. You can have uh, some references or callbacks to like certain things, but the focus should be on someone getting out of a vault or maybe even not going that route. Maybe going the route of telling the story of someone who's been around. And A then, settlement's like, in trouble. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> you salty fuck. <laughs> Never finished Fallout 4. Uh, for that reason. Oh, my fuck God. Fuck that game. <laughs> you did not have to go to each settlement. <laughs> I'm 
a completionist. I can't help it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I had to walk around over encumbered because I picked up all the junk for crafting mm. every bullshit mm. weapon I could. <laughs> I could not play that game because of stuff like that. I, could, I couldn't I'm finish it. I'm aware of it. I avoided it. I went real far. I played that game for hundreds of hours and still never finished it because I was doing <laughs> stupid, tedious things like rescuing my settlements, which I had like 30 of by the end. Wow. Like You just... never found your son. Nope. <laughs> no idea what happened to him. No idea. God. Fallout 3 finished. New Vegas finished. That one did not finish. Okay, Fallout 3. Didn't finish Fallout Skyrim for the same reason. Fallout New Vegas. Don't you think that those specific games have at least some kind of template there for a kind of story of like being a survivor after the nuclear winter? Yeah, but there's just so much silly nonsense in it. You just that avoid it's so hard that. to that's, yeah. it's like the core of the game. <laughs> the core of the game is that it's playing silly nonsense cartoons in your face about the apocalypse and like everything is a weird, funny, goofy cliche of the nineteen fifties, but in the future. <laughs> like the whole everything from the core of the the whole story and environment and world is goofy. For purposely goofy to be funny and entertaining. Then maybe just lead into it. I, I'm I'm saying you just, could make a funny series. Yeah, just do it. That's how you just get a do Starship it. Like, Troopers, <laughs> dude. <laughs> the movie Starship Troopers is great. <laughs> is it? It's so good. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> but you got you're good writing books. Always, yeah, you're making a movie based off a book by a Nazi. You got to lean into it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, dude. Good doesn't always have to mean like trying to like Oscar bait. <laughs> oh yeah. It's like good like I personally think that The Room is a good movie because after a while you know what this is. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it it is possible to be both good and bad at the same time. Hence Mortal Kombat, but yeah. <laughs> so is there any other uh big kind of pointers you think that could change the tide of video game movies like comic books um maybe establishing a genre mm. like uh w one of the things that uh the marvel movies were pretty good at was establishing a genre for each movie that they did and like for instance captain america winter soldier um that's a political spy thriller uh, I'm trying to think of one of the other ones. Uh, th there's a uh, Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok was cocaine fueled nonsense. <laughs> is that a genre? It is now. Okay. <laughs> it, the genre that Thor Ragnarok tried to be was like a uh, not quite buddy cop, but more like a. Is a buddy cop without the cop part. Ah. <laughs> it's like two two guys who are friends in space who are good at one thing, and that's uh, beating the fuck out of people. And each other. And each other. Because, you know, that's what they do. Mm -hmm. um, Spider-Man Homecoming was totally uh, John Hughes' uh, Breakfast Club, uh, 16 Candles type movie about, you know, coming of age and being 16 and... You know, and economic inequality. 
Yes, they took her jobs. <laughs> Civil War was a breakup movie. Hmm. Bromance broken. Hmm. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> I like to call that movie Everybody Wants Cap. <laughs> <laughs> I Do prefer they Thor. <laughs> uh, most people would. but uh, He it, wasn't there. Yeah, he wasn't there. <laughs> this uh, is what, what happens. <laughs> this is what happens when he's gone. Um but yeah, like if video game movies could like establish a genre like like an adventure movie, like an uncharted type deal where they're basically taking Indiana Jones's shtick and modernizing the hell out of it. Mm. I think the biggest thing they need to do is just forget that they are video game movies and stop advertising themselves <laughs> as such. Right. I think the best way to make a good video game movie is to not let anybody know, other than obviously the fans that will identify it, right. that it is a video game movie. Just release it as a standalone film, maybe based on the premises of a movie, but in a, you know, obviously live version that makes sense and isn't like pandering to a video game audience right. that it thinks it's it thinks needs these ridiculous things to happen for expectations and like easter eggs and stuff you know right uh kind of what the the first resident evil movie did where like it i don't know if i saw that one uh this was a movie that somehow managed to take place before all the games were any Hmm. of those movies good not the ones i saw they made a hell of a lot of them and they all looked horrible but i never saw them so i don't know uh honestly if we were going to call any of them good I would only say the first one. Hmm. Afterwards, they get way too far into the let's shoehorn as much of this game into this movie as we can. Do they ever <laughs> find the green herbs and the red herbs and mix them together? No. Well, fine. <laughs> now, I have one final question before we end this topic. Does Spider-Man 2 count as a video game movie? Because it is usually recognized as the best Spider-Man game of all time. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, this is what happens when uh, we manage to go in the reverse, where we make a video game based on a movie as opposed to a movie based on a game, and it actually miraculously comes out good. Hmm. Somehow. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> Which never happens. Yeah. Which I think is kind of ironic, since we can't make a video game movie good. <laughs> we also yeah. can't make video... I wonder why that is. Or uh, we can't make movies into video games well. Um, yeah. It just... I mean, it, there's, there's it, something Spider-Man about it. Spider-Man 2 is like the one exception, maybe. I think I'm a lot sure of people like... another. A lot of people like the Wolverine video game, but it had nothing to do with the movie, which I think mm. is why. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> Hmm. Right. Maybe you could point to some NES like Batman titles, but like none of them actually had anything to do with the movie, so I don't think those count either. Yeah, I, I played the uh, the quite awful the Matrix X3 games three tie-in. The Matrix the Matrix games were good. I'm sorry, huh. didn't mean to interrupt oh. you there. Uh, I had to get it out before I forgot. Right. Uh, we'll we'll get to that one in a sec. The uh, Matrix. The, yeah. The okay. X Men three video game tie-in that happened <laughs> i i don't think i ever had any hate in my heart for Iceman until having to actually play as him hmm. so you want to go into top exception oh boy <laughs> i know a movie a comic based movies video game that was better than the movie what's that not by much but 
It was. Which Green one? Lantern. Oh, boy. <laughs> the tie-in video game for the terrible no. comic book movie that is the exception to modern comic book movies. No. <laughs> <laughs> Top exception. Oh, my God. I, I, I can't <laughs> believe that. I literally can't believe that. <laughs> After seeing a movie that had an intergalactic floating space turd for a villain... And by that, I mean it actually looked like a space turd. <laughs> I got another one for you. Again, top exception. More like parallaxative. How about a video game that is based on the premise of comics, but not upon a comic that actually exists? Comic Zone? Comic Zone. Oh, yeah. shit. One of my favorite comic video games. Oh, my that God. That is not actually based on a comic. No. I, I I love that game. I what love it, everything about that game. It's so fun. What would happen if we made a Comic Zone movie? It would be horrible. <laughs> it would be absolutely horrible. I I could see somebody making it in like the mid nineties. Oh yeah. But I don't think it would. It would probably star yeah. the kid from Karate Kid. Yeah. See, the, <laughs> like every like dumb movie at the, the time. See, the thing about that is I distinctly remember Ang Lee's two thousand three The Hulk movie. Where they weirdly started going into like, let's have panels just floating yeah. where people are doing stuff for the transitions. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm now imagining someone like main character Sketch Turner. Thank you for that. Good memory. Yeah. Uh, him just uh, somehow taking all of those moving panels and just jumping from one to the next to the next. Is his to the sister next. Paige? <laughs> Oh, Paige I wanted to be. Yeah. I re- Turner. I really wanted to be. <laughs> Welcome Paige to the Turner. novel zone. <laughs> oh my god, the nineties. Uh, the nineties was so much fun. Unabashedly <laughs> corny. <laughs> <laughs> Zero fucks given. Yeah. <laughs> That's when you don't have a war for a while. That's what happens. <laughs> we what come of- up with shit. People just start making stupid shit. <laughs> <laughs> they don't remember what conflict feels like. Oh. Yeah, yeah that was dark times. <laughs> dark. <laughs> Is it, was that the dark time? <laughs> the time that, without the wars? That's the dark times. Yeah. Uh, let, the Clinton era. <laughs> the, the Clinton era where we unnecessarily added uh, the words rad or tubular or I don't. The, the I've never X. heard anyone specifically actually say tubular. I believe that is a fiction. We also live in the Midwest, though, so I don't know. <laughs> Fine. Maybe like it was, was a surfer thing. Yeah, I, I feel like it was a California thing. Maybe. I, I, I remember it. <laughs> oh, yeah. You went to California. I, I Yeah, I was there um, for a short while. It, like I wasn't there for too long in the 90s, but mm. yeah, it's, it was a thing. <laughs> Well, I remember Rocket Power. Yes, Rocket Power was the shit. I wanted to be squid. Nobody ever talks about Rocket Power anymore. You kind of, <laughs> you got not in a bad way, but you kind of look like squid with the glasses. Oh yeah, and stuff. no, I yeah. know, I am. I'm yeah. aware. You have his head shape. I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I was a bit bigger, yeah, totally. I just had to dye my hair. Were more. you a fat kid? Oh yeah, yeah. I was a big dude. That's why I was like, I want to be the squid. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. It's cool. I got all my cool friends, and they're they're still my friends. So to be fair, I had shoulder length hair and was all gangly and skinny and underweight, <laughs> <laughs> and always smelled like cigarettes. Were Thanks, you Mom. the Winter Soldier? I wish I was that jacked. Yeah, <laughs> I'd give up my arm to be that jacked on a regular basis. Uh, you give up your arm and your citizenship as an American. Yes, <laughs> I would do both. Maybe not that far. <laughs> I'd also I, I like mean, a drum instead of a magazine and my weapon. 
Oh my god, that gripe. So stupid. Military gripes. Um any I would prefer a drum for a weapon. <laughs> War drum. Just the drum. Uh, I'd like to see Winter Soldier with just the belts from Vietnam, you know? Oh, jeez. <laughs> now we're going back to like a 90s belts. ammo. Yeah. A 90s ammo movie. And a Go Rambo. <laughs> yeah. Full-on Commando. Yeah. What's the... Uh, that's completely off topic. Never mind. <laughs> I was going to ask what the best Punisher movie is. So I'm, I'm trying to think of some... I, I mean... The only thing I'm coming up it's with in the opposite direction are like, you know, movie tie-ins. Like the Alien. There's been some good Aliens games. Oh yeah. There's the good Matrix game for PS2. I think that I'm remembering. Um, yeah. That it's basically um, the the what Pain games, the, mm. the shooters. Max. Payne. Oh, Max, Max Payne. Payne. Yeah, yeah. It's basically Max Payne, but with Matrix characters. <laughs> yeah. Because you leap around in slow motion all the time <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Got the game came out at a perfect time for them to like really just steal that mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> Any other I'm ideas you want to pitch or any other solutions you think are necessary? Um. Not that I can think of. All right. Well, I think that's a wonderful place to end uh, the show. I want to thank you all for sticking with us. Um, it, you know your viewership and your. Uh, comments and concerns and everything else in between really helps us out so uh please keep it up well folks i think that wraps up another mediocre edition of hit the books podcast hey, mediocre it <laughs> it's always mediocre oh <laughs> it's our shtick okay uh, we call it mediocre so that i can say mediocre you're just looking for an excuse to do that voice we yeah, keep yeah, expectations yeah, low for this you know dumpster mm. on fire that we <laughs> that's why you've invited me back <laughs> uh, it's all coming together <laughs> Thank you all for sticking uh, with us. If you like what you hear, be sure to hit like and subscribe and the little bell icon to keep notifications coming. Oh, yeah. And follow us on your podcast services and social networks of choice. We're on Twitter at HTBVids. We're on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash hit the books. Our website is HTBVidsVids.com where you can find links to everything and everything in between. Big thank you to FreshComics.us, which is our resource for reading all the new comics every week. Uh, they, it's really a great use resource. Not freshcomics.com, freshcomics.us. Hmm. If you go to .com, it'll take you to some completely different place. Uh, so yeah. freshcomics.us, great resource. And thanks to Newsarama, who we often use for news articles. Not all of them, but a good portion of them. And it's a great website for comics fans. Um, they, o- they always have really good editorials, too. So be sure to check out that website. Big thank you to them. Uh, we have our Patreon page, of course. If you would like to uh, help keep the mics on and sustain the show into the future and help us expand into our other projects that we're trying to get out there to you, um, it would go a long way and help us out a lot if you would consider going to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash hit the books. Uh, you can find the links in the descriptions and uh, here on the YouTube video, you can find the link. Um, you can go there, contribute as little as a dollar all the way up to whatever you feel is necessary. There's several tiers on there for rewards and stuff. And, of course, that brings me back to our executive producer of this episode. I think this is the final episode yeah. of his uh, producership, although I would happily shout him out as much as he wants. Um, <laughs> my buddy Will Beasley, thank you once again for being an executive-level producer on the show uh, it really does help you out, or help us out. <laughs> uh, 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 help there. us help you. Help us help you. <laughs> there we go. Um, but thank you. It was a very generous uh, contribution to the show, and uh, we're very appreciative. To, appreciative. Sorry, the show's gone on a lot, a little while between the reviews and everything. Oh yeah, I can't speak. 
Um, but if you want to consider contributing, you can go there. And if you want some of the rewards that come with it, like at the executive level, getting your shout out on the show for the entire month, and then you get a, a random volume that we will supply to you uh, based on the address you send us uh, for that month, which is always good. And um, obviously get a handwritten letter from Emery and I when we finally get the chance to put everything together in a box for you. So <laughs> thank you very much. We appreciate it. And uh, thank you to Will Beasley once again for being our executive pro- producer for all the episodes this month. Um, is that everything? Did I miss anything? Anything you guys want to shout out? or? Uh, I mean, uh, apart from all of the other social medias that we're on, yeah. Uh, Obviously, our uh, Avengers yeah. Infinity War uh, yeah. review and then post-spoiler discussion is up. Uh, if you're not mm. familiar with our reviews, we talk about the movie without any kind of spoilers. We did our best to make sure I cut out any potential even like minor spoilers in the, the, the review portion because this is the one movie in the Marvel Universe you really shouldn't go in knowing anything. Yeah. Right. Which is uh, difficult. Yeah, <laughs> especially in this yeah. time because the internet bombards you with stuff. Even if you think you've had something spoiled for you, it probably hasn't been spoiled for you. So go see it right now if you have not seen it. You need to see it right now. Yes. Uh, in theaters, it is the culmination of 10 years of work. <laughs> I think it, it, it gives you a pretty decent payoff there. Um, so please uh, go see that movie. And then once you're done, please join us in our review and our spoiler discussion. And let us know what you think, uh, anything you agree or disagree about or anything we might have missed. Um We'd be really grateful, and we'd love to see you there on the video in the comments or on Twitter or anything else. So thank you once again for sticking with us and watching the show, and uh, be sure to come back every Wednesday for the new episode of Hit the Books Podcast on YouTube, Stitcher, and iTunes. We'll see you next week. (laughs) (laughs) Unhit the books. (laughs)